Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Dayton Tolbert Show. I'm your host, Dayton Tolbert. Tonight, we're going to be talking about what black women look for in a man. What do black women really want? A lot of times, people will, add, you know, they hear titles like this, and they will, uh, you know, ask the question, well, you know, wh- wh- why does it have to be black women? Um, you know, why not, why, you know, what do white women want, or what do, you know, Asian or uh, Latina women uh, what? Well, what we're going to do tonight is we're going to talk about specifically African-American women um, and, and, and what they look for, what they seek in a man, because there is an epidemic uh, going on in this country. Um, there's an, a serious epidemic of um, unplanned pregnancies, abortions, um, you know, the, 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 the rate of marriages, you know, successful marriages has seriously declined over the last several years. Um, divorce, the, you know, the divorce rate is up. Um, just a lot of uh, trends and statistics that are going in the the wrong direction, and we want to do our due diligence from a talk show perspective, from a counseling standpoint, to ad- first identify an issue uh, and and deal with the issue. You know, I've never been one of those people just to talk. I, you know, I like to do things. I like to you know take action. I'm, I've never been afraid of uh, controversial topics. So tonight we want to really look at. Um, the, the the root cause of of what's going on out here, which is um, from from my uh, my findings, uh, my research is on a large scale. Um, one, black fathers are not you know there like they uh, used to and, and how they should be. And so what's happening is uh, these little girls, right? They're growing up without fathers. They're growing up without positive role models, positive influences, and then they're seeking that you know that that that. Uh, Man, that they're just desiring to have love. They're desiring to have that affection, that that uh, affirmation. Um, and they're they don't have the father there. They don't have positive influences there. So they're seeking it in men. Um, they don't have that bar uh, that should be set with the father. So the bar has obviously been lowered. And you find yourself uh, with women dealing with these thugs, these 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 you know liars, dogs, cheaters, players, and, and really thinking nothing of it. You know, thinking that that's okay, thinking that that is um, a, you know, a, a, a feasible way of finding love when and, when it's not. So what we want to do tonight is really focus on a, on a number of things, but mainly, well, what what do you guys look for? Um, and I say you guys because you know my audience is mainly uh, African American women. Uh, what what it is that you guys look for? I want to fine tune that list. Um, because, you know, I want to look at. Also, some you know, I want to identify some problems, some problem areas, some some entertainers, um, some um, sources of in media that are directly responsible for the influencing of 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 you know what black women look for in a in a mate, um, which is obviously not good. You know, we want to talk about the media's role in in women seeking out um, you know figures in their lives who are definitely not. Going to serve any type of positive role in their life, so definitely, um, you know, it's going to be one of those shows. Um, going to go into a lot of different topics tonight. Definitely, feel free to call in with any comments, questions, uh, feedback. Six four six two zero 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 three six six. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to speak to myself or Courtney, who is here with me on this evening. Courtney, what's going on with you? You good? Hey, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I'm very excited about the show and this topic. And um, also the emotional um, availability quiz um, today, it was like a really um, large comment thread. So 
I know there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's why I want to jump right into it. You see, I'm, you know, I'm ready to, you know, ready to jump into it, ready to go. Um, but yeah, Courtney, that's something we're going to do a little bit later because that's actually a question that you uh, you came up with that I, a situation that I felt was really good to help shape, you know, women's, um, you know, I shouldn't say shape, but help gauge you know, where women stand as far as decision-making in regards to dating, relationships, and um, we just want to look at Because when we do these pop quizzes, they're not, there's, like I always say, there's no right or wrong answer. We're all grown. You can't give a wrong answer about how you would handle a situation. Um, but, you know, every answer, every situation, every choice is definitely going to have consequences. So as you know or may not know, the the purpose here on this show is to help women avoid many of the uncomfortable circumstances and situations that they often find themselves in at the hands of men. And these pop quizzes are really great opportunities, uh, along with the private counseling, along with listening to the talk show, um, following us online through Facebook and things like that. They're all opportunities to, um, you know, just give you that knowledge and that information to help you spot the red flag, spot um, the, uh, you know, the warning signs that you may be, um, you know, making a decision that may not give you the the best possible result. So, um, you know, shout out to Courtney for coming up with that one, and uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. In fact, I'll even read some of the uh, the answers. As Courtney said, a lot of comments, a lot of good comments, a lot of a uh, lot of uh, opinions out there, a lot of um, feedback. So it's always good to see that people are not afraid to, you know, tackle these answers. They're not. They don't have that emotional wall up. You know, like, oh, my God, I'm afraid of giving the right answer. I'm just telling you straight up, and I'm not putting anybody out there on blast, but if you see these questions and you have a, an answer that you think about posting, but you say, hey, wait, you know what, I'm not going to post this specifically because I want to wait and see what someone else says or I don't want to seem like, I don't, like I'm emotionally unavailable. But just understand, if, you're, if that's your thought process, if that's what goes to your mind, that is emotional unavailability in its finest, you know what I mean? Like if, if you can't just say what you feel and put yourself out there without any type of, you know, fear or, or concern as to what, how others will look at you, well, how can, how can a man look at you and see truth? How can a man look at you and see honesty and openness and forthcomingness? You know, you, you can't, you know, so you just gotta, you just gotta do it. In fact, Courtney, you, um, that was something you struggled with at one point, just really being concerned with the opinions of others. Yeah, I was just thinking that. <laughs> it's funny you say that. Because as you were talking, I was like, that was me. Yeah, you know, I would um, hide and I would, you know, um, purposely not comment because I was like, well, if I give the wrong answer, you know, what are people going to think? But it doesn't matter. I mean, at how, the, how I think about it now is that even if it may have not been the best answer, at least I know at the end of it, okay, what's the right thing to do going forward when I'm actually in that situation? So, I mean, that's that's what I learned from it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's basically how it uh, how it goes. So, you know, it's just about being honest, you know. Like there's no, like I always say, there's no right or wrong answer. There's no, um, there's no judge. I'm not the judge, the jury, the ex- executioner, you know what I mean? It, you know, you're, it is what it is. Let's, so, so that's what we're going to talk about a little bit tonight, but... There's a lot of stuff, you know what I mean, a lot of stuff in the media, in the entertainment industry, in the news that I really want to touch on. We didn't get a chance to do Ask Stay Down Advice Mondays this week. We've been doing some classic rebroadcasts, 
ever since our last live show, which was Friday night on our all-time classic that people are still hitting me up about, Generational Curses, Identifying, um, Recognizing, and Breaking Generational Curses. I've, I've reposted the link and... You know, a lot of people have you know have tuned into the archives. A lot of people tuned in live, but a lot of people have been checking out over the course of the week, which I always love. And uh, I'm just I'm just telling you guys, man. Like, if if anything bad has happened in your life, if you know your life up until this point has not been the way that you would want it to have gone, if you feel like things have just you know not you know, could have been better or maybe there was something seriously wrong. You look at your parents, you know, in their lives and you see some similarities. I would just encourage you. You don't have to tell me. You don't have to post it on your page. I'm just telling you. I don't care. You know, I'm not into ratings. I don't care about that stuff. We don't, you know, this show isn't run by advertisers, nothing like that. I'm just telling you, for your own good, listen to that show, men and women. Just listen to it. That's all you got to do. It, it. We We spoke specifically from... Uh, well, a lot of different places, but mainly Deuteronomy chapter 28, which really goes into great detail about what a generational curse is, but more importantly, how to break it, how to identify it, and how to how to break it, and just live the life and how to you know that you've always loved and, and you know uh, dreamed of, and um, yeah. So just listen to that, Courtney. Any feedback on that show the last time we were live? Yeah, I really enjoyed that show. Um, because that's something, you know, I can relate to feeling, you know, like, oh, there's a generational curse in my family, just seeing the um, similar patterns of behavior. And so it was good to actually go through and read Deuteronomy and actually, like, understand it. Because remember I was saying, like, I would kind of speed through it, but, like, actually taking time with it, um, it really made a huge difference, and um, I was blessed by it. Oh, yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, we're we're still doing our, if you guys are just tuning in or, or – um you know, maybe a newer listener or something, we're doing a, a cover-to-cover Bible challenge. You know, there's no uh, race, there's no time frame. It's, you know, get in where you fit in. You know, you just jumping on tonight, hey, start out in Genesis and just, you know, get the reading. You know what I mean? You know, we're, and a lot of us are in Joshua, Deuteronomy. Uh, I, I know Terry said she's in uh, Numbers. So just, uh, you know, a lot of different people are, and it's good to see them, like, really in the Old Testament. A lot of people, you know, they start in the New Testament. or But really, uh, as you guys have seen over the last several months, you know, we've done several shows specifically from the Old Testament. It's just so much um, really great knowledge and information in there that you can be blessed by. And, um, and not only be blessed, but just it will explain everything you're going through and everything that you want and give you a blueprint for the type of life that you want to live. So definitely check that out if you um, if you guys didn't get a chance to. Uh, you know, to hear that and get into the Bible if you um, haven't, you know, if, you, if you're not reading it, you know what I mean? Because you should always be reading the Bible, you know what I mean? It should always be somewhere where you are in the Bible, you know, on a regular basis. So, and I'm, you know, I, like I said, I'm not even talking down, you know, because I myself have struggled with that in the past. So we're we're all in this together. We're all getting back into it. We're all starting the Genesis. We're all going straight through. So that's what's going on. Uh, a lot of things going on in the news today. And we've been talking about it. We'll continue to talk about this impending war with with Russia. You know, um, you know. I don't even know what else to say other than what we've already said. Uh, and I will re- redirect you back to our special on the Boston bombings 
from a couple years ago where literally, you know what I mean, it's, you know, we we predicted this. Like we talked about it. So, you know, listen to that show if you if you didn't hear it already and listen to the things that I specifically said. Was it Courtney? Was it two years ago? About a year and a half ago at this point? Yeah, it was about a year and a half or so. I specific you me- I mean I specifically said in the next two years we will be seeing all types of stuff in the media and we will be going to war with Russia. Did I not say that over a year and a half ago? Yeah, you did. I specifically said that. Everything you see is going on. And it's not because I'm Miss Cleo or anything like that, no type of psychic. It's just when you know what to look for, when you have lived this, when you pay attention to the news, when you pay attention to the media and their agenda, and and when you read the Bible, you know, because certain things, see, we're on our way to revelations. And to get to revelations, you know, like the Bible is truth. This, this, everything in the Bible is not a story. It's not a, a, a prophecy. It's going to happen. It's, you know, it's, it's real. It's, it's timeless. So we're, go, we're on our way to revelations. And if you read revelations, you'll see a lot of stuff that's, that is in the process of happening now and is on its way to happening so, and will happen. Um, and but in order to get there, certain things have to happen around the world. You know, certain things have to happen in government. Certain things have to happen with with these relationships that you know with these countries and all this stuff that you see playing out in the right before our eyes. You know, it has to happen first. So we're on our way there. We're on our way to it happening. And um, you know, this whole Russia thing is just to start. Uh, one of the things that I said on uh, online yesterday. In regards to the president, I said that um, you know I know this is unpopular with a lot of people who support Obama, but you know I mean the reality is oh, Barack Obama is actually doing the same thing with Russia that George Bush did with Iraq, you know, and that's the crazy thing, and nobody's really talking about that, nobody's really connecting the dots, they're not looking at it in the same manner. But if you really think about it, I, I remember it like this wasn't that long ago. I'm old enough to remember, you know, like. I mean, George Bush basically, you fight wars in the media on on American television, or you start wars that way. You know, you have to get that public opinion, and and basically, what George Bush did was he put out this, you know, this this information that ended up being blatant lies. You know, uh, Iraq has uh, weapons of mass destruction. You know, they're they're violating this and they're doing that and they're responsible for this. And it's all BS, you know. We we and we, you know, that's why most people say, you know, they don't like George Bush, you know, and, and this and that. But when you look at what Barack Obama is doing, you know, it's it's actually the same thing with Russia. He's putting out all this information, and it's not just him. I mean, well, it is him. It's the government, but it's just the agenda. It's, you know, I mean, just say, look, we want to go to war with Russia. Don't, you know, what I mean, don't make it about all this other stuff and. You know, which is really what they're doing, and it's it's so much more that's going on that I don't really even want to get into right now. But I would just say, really, just do some research, not just the CNN research, MSNBC, you know, but like actually do do some research. You know, watch um, if you can watch maybe some other networks. You know, maybe find some articles and some some uh, you know news reports from other countries other continents and just see the the difference you know american tv you know they it's controlled by the us government so naturally everything is going to be pointing towards russia but when you look around the world it's it's not even 
like that. You know what I mean? It's it's totally different. So, um, any thoughts on that before we uh, keep it moving? I just want to touch on it briefly today. Well, yeah, I mean, you were bringing up some very great points, and like you were saying, um, you said this a while back, but now I'm seeing what you're saying, like the fact that you know America has to build a case for what they're about to do. You know, so they have to they have to post a lot of fake stuff and you know get people on board with it, and like people just fall you know, right for it, and they're just all, you know, for President Obama and what he's doing, even though they have no idea what's really going on. That's the funny part. Right, right. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's unfortunate, but this is the world that we live in, and, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> I got introduced this weekend to this new, uh, and I'm just, these are in no particular order because there's just so much stuff I want to talk about. So I'm just excited and we'll talk about a lot of stuff. We're going to listen to some music tonight. Got a song I want you guys to hear from back in the day to illustrate a, illustrate a point that I want to make just as far as the hypocrisy that, that goes on out here. Um, but I got a chance to hear this weekend uh, this uh, the new Michelle Williams gospel song that everybody's, you know, talking about. Everybody's so excited about it. You get a chance to hear uh say yes. Yeah, I saw the video too. Mhm. Now, that's the thing. I I've, I've been so busy today, man. I've been so busy really over the last couple of days. I didn't I've made it a point to listen to or I mean watch the video, but I just didn't get a chance to. But I'm going to do a I'm just going to put this out. I'm telling you all right now, I have not seen the video. All right? And I'm a stand-up guy. If I'm wrong, then I will say that I'm wrong. I will come back the next time we're live and I will I won't apologize, but I'll just say I'm wrong because, uh, you know, but I'm, I will tell you, I will predict to you, and I haven't seen the video again, but I'm going to watch this video because you got, you got Michelle Williams, you got Beyonce, you know what I'm saying? You got Kelly Rowland, clear, all three of them, clear and known and, and unprecedented Illuminati puppets for the last 10, 15 years. I am 100% sure, okay, that when I watch this video, I am going to see clear and blatant demonic and satanic symbolism in the video, if not all throughout the video. I am 100% sure of that, and I'm telling you right now, I have not seen the video. And if I'm wrong, then I will come back the next time we're live, and I'm say, I will say that I'm wrong. And, and, and we'll, So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, we can even play the song tonight for those those of you who may not have heard it. Uh, but what, what, and the reason why I say that is because you, you guys got to understand that you know as we get closer to you know the end, you know they we'll just say they are becoming more passionate, you know more um, blatant um, about their you know attempts to make a mockery of. And I say attempts because, you, you know, you can't play God. You know what I mean? You can't, you know, you could try, you know, but it ain't, you know, it's only going to lead to your demise in the end. So you can't play God. So I say the, these attempts by the, the powers that be to make a mockery of the name of Jesus Christ, just overall God, and, and to uh, make a mockery. And so, you know, and they've been doing this. Beyonce is the queen of it, you know, of doing that. Um, you know, Kelly Rowland, too. You know, I, they're all up in my Celebrity 666 folder So um, that's how I'm so sure You can't put those three together At this point in time You know And on a gospel song About God And not 
have them try to make a mockery of God. It, it doesn't work that way. You know, that's why I'm able to promise you. I'll post the video on, on in the group and show you guys what I see when I see it. You know, is that a bold claim? Are you surprised that I I, can, I haven't even seen the video and I'm able to predict that I'm 100% sure I'll be able to find clear and blatant Illuminati satanic symbolism in it? I mean, you're right though, because it is. So. Oh, oh, see, and me and you haven't even talked about it, but I, don't even tell me, don't even tell me what what you saw, because I want to see it for myself. So you you're telling me okay. you saw something though? Yeah, it was mission. Well, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, don't tell me. Watch it. Yeah, I know. That's why that's why I said <laughs> just watch yeah. it. You'll see some stuff. Oh, I'm gonna check it out. I'm gonna check but I say all that to say that I actually like the song. Now that's the irony of it. You know, and, and they've done it again, man. I'll tell y'all something. You know, Beyonce is a very interesting woman. You know, and many of you guys remember one of my all time favorite shows here was our special on on her, where we literally went back to the beginning of her career. And documented all the way up to the, over the next ten or ten or so years, and, and you know we analyzed at least seven or eight of her songs, where we just looked at the lyrics and, and not only the lyrics but the overall effect that they've had on society. And I would just encourage you all to you know listen to that show if you missed it. Um, definitely, I mean, it was at least from a couple of years ago, but just one of the most just I mean just crazy shows you ever hear, and it's like eye-opening and really even mind-blowing uh, to hear. It's, it's definitely, and just Google, you know, Beyonce on the day on Talbot show, maybe Beyonce's effect on, you know, the black community or something to that nature, uh, you know, of that nature, and you'll, you'll it'll come up. Um, but, yeah, it was, I actually, I said it to say I, I like the song, um, you know, the lyrics, uh, you know, from a melody standpoint. Um, it'd be nice if it was genuine. Uh, but over the years, Beyonce really has, um, she's, you know, made some of my personal favorite gospel songs, to be honest with you. You know, that Destiny's Child medley from back in the day, um, He Still Loves Me, one of my all-time gospel favorites. Um, you know, I, this song, I really like this song. Uh, you know, and, and they've done a couple, uh, you know, she's done, you know, they've done some stuff, some gospel song, stuff over the years, but um, it just kind of goes to, to show you the, the hypocrisy, uh, you know, of it all. And, you know, you make something like that, but then you come out with, you know, I mean, I don't even know. What, I mean, just pick a song, you know, that that's a clear uh, mockery of of the things that Jesus Christ stands for, the lifestyle that, um, you know, he would he would want for us. Um, do you do you like this song, Courtney? I do like it. Um, I like the message of it. One thing I will say though is um, when they showed Beyonce's part, like when you know her solo um, in the song. She looked very lifeless. I wonder if other people kind of caught it. It 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 just didn't seem like she was there. And so, you know, she was saying all this stuff, but I'm like, she, you can tell she doesn't mean it. it. It was crazy. Wait, wait, so you're saying that in that song, Beyonce seemed lifeless when she was singing about Jesus Christ? Yes. Wow. That was like one of the first things I noticed. <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> yeah. I find that really hard to believe. <laughs> I wonder why that could be. Huh. Well, go figure. <laughs> Beyonce. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> we got some time. We got some time. I want to, um, who wants to hear it? Shall, shall we play it real quick? I mean, is that okay? Yeah, play it. 
I'll play a little bit of it, man. I mean, the song is cool, but I got a lot of stuff I want to do tonight. I'm gonna let y'all hear a little bit. If you guys are unfamiliar with the uh, with the song, if you're unfamiliar with what we're talking about, and um, I'll check out the video a little bit later, and we'll come back and give a report on it. But um, a little bit later, just to give you a, a preview, I want to play a song because again, we're, we're, overall tonight we're talking about we're gonna focus on what black women want in a in a in a man, and you'll see why we're spending some time talking about Destiny's Child, talking about Beyonce. I have a song actually by Fifty Cent, but featuring Destiny's Child, really featuring Beyonce, that I want to play for you. And I'm gonna play for you. Then we're gonna dissect the lyrics because the song goes back. You know, ten years, maybe even longer than that, um, and, it, and it planted a seed. But we'll get to that, though. I mean, it's, this, this show's gonna blow your mind. But real quick, we'll, we'll play a little bit of "Say Yes" by Michelle Williams. Here it is, right here.
that's enough of that. Courtney, um, hearing the, uh, what does that song say to you? What is, what is the message there that uh, that you take from that song? I mean, basically that God, you know, when he says yes, nothing else matters. You know, when you're keeping him ahead of your life, that's what I took from it. You know, and, and that's what I want to focus on tonight, to be honest with you, just in regards to, um, you know, when when we talk about what women seek out in a man, a lot of times the problem, you know, with that list of things that, that becomes at, put at the forefront is, is put there specifically because of a lack of faith in God, you know, a lack of uh, willingness to allow God to lead your life, a, 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 an unwillingness to allow God to say yes to you. You know, and so you, you know, he's trying to say yes to something, but you go in with what he's saying no to and has been saying no to, but because of a a lack of faith, a lack of trust, even though God has said no, you're saying yes. You see, you see how that often goes, Courtney. Is that anything that you can relate to from back in the day? Yes, yes. Just wanting to do my own thing. I won't even say just back in the day. I've done that. <laughs> You know, not too long ago, too, and I saw it didn't get me anywhere because I wasn't listening to God and obeying. You know, one of the things I was um, I was going to talk to you guys about today also was um, I was I was and I you know I don't pay pay a lot of attention to these uh, blogs and you know and things like that you know but because uh, a lot of times the sources are unreliable but I read somewhere that Sierra and Future were. You know, or having problems because it was reported that he was, you know, cheating on her. You know, with his assistant. You know, and I mean the thing. And I don't, like I said, I don't know if that's true or not. But what I will say is, is that when they end up breaking up for good, you know, it will not surprise me. Whatever the reason is, you know, and that's and I'm not. That's nothing against Sierra. That's nothing against Future. But you know, when you look at the type of lifestyle that someone leads, you know, you you have to, you know, you have to factor that into how that will play into your life. You know, we look at people like Beyonce, you know, you know Destiny's Child, and you know, and so many other artists who glorify and glamorize and glorify, you know, that thug mentality, that thug lifestyle, you know, as far as what they want, and then they they act surprised. When when thing when that lifestyle actually comes to bite them in the butt, you know when it when it actually affects their life, you know it's all fun and games. When like I said online, they're swinging from the chandeliers, you know, and, and you know you feel that protection that you wanted from your father. You feel that, um, you know that strong, manly, you know grip that he has, you know, over your life, but that you've always really sought out. But at the end of the day, that comes with a price, you know? I mean, that, that, that comes with consequences. And, uh, and you know, if you look at Future and his music and just the lifestyle that he brags about, that's, you know what I'm saying, it's not a surprise. So, I mean, you know, ho- you know, hopefully I wish her the best. I wish, you know, him the best. I don't know, you know, like I said, if there's any truth to that. But, uh, you know, we'll see. Um what else has been going on out here? Courtney, did you watch Basketball Wives? No. What's been going on? The, Tammy Roman actually is um is is actually now on uh that new Halle Berry show. Did you, oh wow. Yeah, which was which is very uh interesting to me. I didn't even uh 
you know, know about know that she was acting all like that. But yeah, she's on this new show called Extent, which airs on uh on CBS. So, uh, you know, shout out to her. And uh, you know, it was just, I, I I don't watch the show, although I will say about it that <laughs> and this is something I'll probably me and Osho will get into uh, a little bit later, you know, when we come back with Between Brothers, but you know, if you guys didn't hear our special on what the Bible says about aliens, um, giants, uh, fallen angels, you know, things like that, you know, that the Bible goes into, you know, great detail on, um, and where we, where we talked about, you know, what's really going on out here with, from a government standpoint and um, what, from a biblical standpoint and, and what the entertainment industry um, is passionate about doing, I would definitely um, listen to that show because what we what we talked about is is all over, and you know uh, the TV, the movies, movies. Um, that new show is about just if you're not, not familiar, that new show is about you know Halle Berry's an astronaut who you know goes into space on a solo mission, and then she somehow comes back mysteriously pregnant. Now you might say, okay, that's you know pure science fiction. What's well, a lot deeper than that? You know, because if you listen to the show and the information that Minister Osho, uh, you know, dropped, we you know, we really went into, you know, what one what quote unquote aliens are, uh, but also what the Bible says their their goal is, their intention is, what they're here for, um, and, and as far as impregnating. You know uh, the human species. If you look at back at the, you know what the Bible says about fallen angels sleeping with the with with men, you know, and, and, and women and people, you know, actual humans, and the result of that, you know, what I'm saying what ended up happening uh, going forward, you know, as far as the curse because of that, and it's all, you know, what I'm saying Hollywood's aware that these producers know about that stuff, and they they basically put that into these movies, into these TV shows to make a mockery, you know, what I'm saying, to, you know, of what the word says and. That's, you know, clear. That's all I'm saying. Listen to that show if you missed it. Listen to our special on Noah, you know, and what the, and the biblical inaccuracies, inaccuracies of it. And then, you know, watch some of these shows like, you know, Extant, you know, which is taken straight from that. You know what I mean? Um, and you'll, you'll get a lot of more. You got you get a lot, a lot of clarity about what's going on in, uh, you know, in society. So, um, yeah, there's the, but, yeah, I, I'll be honest with you. I didn't watch the whole show. Because I, I watched maybe the first half hour, I just couldn't, you know. I was like, "Wow, this is they're really going to do this, like just blatantly." So yeah, no, nah, I couldn't, um, couldn't, couldn't mess with it like that. In fact, I said online, you know, this this show, you know, this show is something different, you know. This show in the Bible is different, but this show specifically is, you know, is uh, is turning away from the norm. The Bible says over in Second Timothy four three through four. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. Does that sound like anything that's going on out here that you know of, Courtney? Uh, I can't think of it right now because I was kind of put on the spot. What were you thinking? No, I'm just talking about generally speaking, just people. You know what I'm saying? Oh, well, generally speaking, yeah. I'm talking about yeah, Facebook. I'm talking about the the these blogs. I'm talking about these talk shows. 
I'm talking about reality shows. I'm talking about everything. People are seeking out, like back in even comedy. I mean, back in the day, you, you know, you had people who would watch the Cosby show. It was comedy, but it was still had some depth to it. You know, now it's just people are seeking entertainment in the form of just nothingness. You know, we got people walking around, what is it called, dating naked? You ever seen that show? No. I haven't either. But it's something, you know, evidently there's a show where people, it's like a reality show, they're just walking around naked. It's just like, you know, like, what is this? Like, that's your entertainment now? Like, these reality shows, loving hip-hop, basketball, it's like, this is that time. You know what I mean? This is that time where people are seeking out whatever they're, will, will quench that thirst, their itching ears, whatever they want to hear. So, you know, I, I would just encourage everybody to not be what that scripture refers refers to. Speaking of which, um, love and hip-hop, all right, love and hip-hop. I know uh, we've done a number of shows on that show in the past to, you know, really point out a lot of the, the similarities. Because um, it's funny, you know, I hear people... Ironically, in some of those same situations, you know, we'll, we'll say things about that show like, oh, my gosh, you know, I can't believe, you know, though they did that or I can't believe this show is so ghetto. But their situation is the same exact way. Their baby father is the same exact way. You know, case in point, you know, I don't know if you guys watch it, but Lil Scrappy and uh, Erica have, you know, decided to go their separate ways. You know, they're no longer together, Right. But they they basically have um, this this little this whole flirtatious thing going on, you know. It's this whole thing that they got. They're still flirting. They're still, um, you know, they still claim that they want love. They want this and that. But you got to understand, ladies, if you are still, it's one thing to co-parent, but it's another thing to have this. Sexual tension, this flirtatious nature, and and sometimes often blatant sexual, you know, uh, relationship with with someone, whether it's your baby's father. You can't have that, and still expect men, certainly not men of God, to view you as being someone special. Okay, that that you can't do that. That's not going to happen. That's not how it works. And I don't care if it's your baby's father or not. It could be anybody. A lot of you guys have those male friends, you know. You know, we talked about that last time about what the what role they serve, what's their purpose, which in, in many cases is to avoid being alone, to avoid having to trust God, to avoid just putting yourself out there, and, and you know, and having to really work on yourself to be found by who you really want. But instead, you surround yourself with these guys where you could just, you know, flirt or go out to eat, go out to the movies and have that whole little sexual and flirtatious banter. But, you know, then you wonder why you're only attracting men who want to smash. Courtney, if you have all these male friends, am I going to take you seriously? No, you're not. You're not at all. And I used to have a lot, so, (laughs) yeah. Let me ask you this. What was your reasoning for having so many male friends? Um, for the most part, it was just to have company, um, and then also, a lot of them were attractive, too, so it was like, you know, someone nice to look at, um, I can go and hang out with, sometimes I will hang out, like, in groups, 
you know, with them, go out to drink or whatever. But it was, to me, the purpose was just to fill a void because I just, like you said, I didn't want to be, like, by myself and really have to work on myself. I was like, well, in the meantime, I'll hang out with so-and-so. Right, right. Yeah, that's yeah, and that's the thing that I want to just. I know it's not popular, but hanging out, you know, chilling, you know, having these guys that you're just cool with, you know, it's all. It seems like fun, but as you guys know from hearing past barbershop talks, these men are not looking for friends. That's the biggest problem. A lot of women, most women think that, okay, yeah, I'll just be friends with him. Or I'm not looking. I just got out of some. I'm not looking for anything but a friendship. And I hear, I've heard countless women say that. I'm just looking for a friendship. Why are you looking for a friendship if you want love? Because these men aren't looking for friends. You're saying, oh, we can be friends. Why do you want to be friends? He doesn't want to be friends with you. He wants to smash. He wants to have sex with you. He wants to be your friend, but a friend with benefits. That you're saying, well, no, nah, that ain't going down. Well, but okay, but you know that's what he wants. So you're going to be friends with somebody who you know wants to be friends with benefits, but just not give him some. Does that make any sense, Courtney? No. <laughs> no, it doesn't. No sense whatsoever. And I'll tell you what that what that has to do with, which is a really good, um, you know, segue into where you know what I want to talk about next. You, you got to look at. Like I talked about earlier in this show, that bar, you know, the bar being lowered. Because what happens is when you see dad, you grew up with dad not really being with mom, you know, or maybe being in the house but coming in at 2 o'clock in the morning, having a whole bunch of little girlfriends, running the streets, doing what he does, maybe had a a baby on mom. Now you got a a stepsister or a half-sister, whatever you want to call it, you know, and it's just like, you know, that's what dad did, so why not do the same thing? You know, why, I mean, if this type of behavior was good enough for mom, you know, why isn't it good enough for me? You know, why not do it? It's, you know, I love mom. It was good enough for mom, so, hey, I, I could roll with it, you know. But the reality is, and I said online, now this is another thing that I don't know if it was 100% substantiated, but there was a blog about Kerry Washington making some comments about Beyonce. And, you know, and to be honest with you, I don't really care if she said it or not. Um, I mean, in fact, I'm I'm even leaning more towards believing that she didn't say it. But um, either way, um, there was a blog about basically saying that she said that I was criticizing Beyonce. Um, basically saying that our our young girls need positive role models um, instead of women out there, you know, shaking their butts and, you know, being overly sexual, you know, and and that's that's true. Um, And I know I posted that. I know a lot of people, you know, gave it the thumbs up and, you know, had different things to say about her role on on Scandal, which is is the epitome of a whore. I mean, you know, an adulterous whore, you know, someone who doesn't respect their body, just has – adulterous relationships and you know that that's one of the reasons why um you know scandal was popular the way it is if if you guys missed our you know on scandal you know and and the real reasons why so many black women love scandal definitely check out check that out man they're probably one of the best top five shows that we've ever done in our 10-year history where we really dug deep into ezekiel 23 you know and we talked about you know what what the bible says about um, you know, people who, specifically women who, 
look up to and emulate and 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 envy, you know, adulterous, whorish, hoish behavior, you know, and and how he punished those women in the Old Testament. So I would just say definitely listen to that show and then second guess yourself in regards to, you know, why you like that show. Um, but one of the things that you know Bill O'Reilly was saying when we did our show on Bill O'Reilly versus Beyonce, when he basically said all the same things that we talk about, he was saying, "Well, look, I mean, you know, you have this voice. You have, I mean, you're on the cover of Time Magazine, you know, for being the most influential woman in the world. I mean, you you are the most influential woman. I mean, why not use that influence to to reach?" Our ten-year-old girls, our thirteen-year-old girls, sixteen-year-old girls who are impressionable, whether it's right or wrong, whether their parents should be there or not, you know, whether you see them like I get it. Yes, the parents should be the the first, you know, influences and the most the, the biggest influence in their kids' lives. But guess what? These seventy percent of black babies are born in the single-parent homes. So obviously. There's a lot of most kids. That means most, more than fifty percent, are they don't even have fathers. Okay, they, you know what I'm saying. So mom is out there in the streets doing what she does, trying to make a living. I mean, you know, these kids are very impressionable. They are seeking out whether we wanted to, whether it's right or not. These kids are seeking out these entertainers as role models. So if you if you know that, I mean, Beyonce is not an idiot. If you know that you have that type of influence, you know why not? You know, use that influence to tell women, hey, look, respect yourself. Hey, look, no, don't go outside shaking your butt. Don't don't have sex. But instead she does the opposite. She encourages young girls to have sex. She encourages young girls to be sexual. I mean, you even got, um, I didn't watch the whole thing, so I don't want to talk about it too much, but the um, just the video for the Say Yes video. They're doing the freaking Sean Paul reggae dances, which is filled with sexual imagery. You know what I mean? So I'm not even... You know, we just gotta we just gotta do better. You know, when I when I say we, I mean us all. I mean women. I mean men. I mean mothers. I mean fathers, grandfathers. You know, we all have to do a good job of, you know, letting these kids know that they're loved, letting these kids know that they're appreciated. You know, and that they don't have to use their bodies to, you know, to 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 be special to get attention, to be included. You know, you never have to seek out a man's compliments as a way to make yourself feel better. You know, is that something you've ever you ever did? All the time. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I would feel so great like if I got a compliment from a man and I would do things purposely to get that. Like whether it was what I was wearing or, you know, whatever the case because I, I just needed that or I felt like I needed that. Right, right. What what was that? What did you attribute that to? Daddy issues, and you know, just not having my father around. In my head, it was like me trying to make up for that lost time. It's like, well, you know, my dad wasn't around to give me attention, so I know these guys will that I'm in school with. So let me do this to get their attention. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. You never have to. You know, you guys know what it is. You never have to do that. Um, <clears throat> one of the things I want to talk about, well, maybe and maybe you don't know that, you know what I mean, because I don't want to be presumptuous. 
because a lot of women actually think that that's what men want, and that's why this show is important. That's why we've been doing it the way, as long as we have in the way that we have, just to let people know, let women know, look, this is not what real men want. This is not what Christian men want. You know, maybe these thugs out here want a fat butt to look at. You know, they want some boobs to look at. But when you look at, you know, what it takes to, you know, to be married, you know, with the blessing of God, and you know what I'm saying? Like, these men are looking for, you know, actual wives, respectable wives, you know, Clara Huxtable types of wives, not these Beyonce wives and Nicki Minaj and Rihanna wives. Those are hoes. Make no mistake about it, guys. When men get together at the barbershop and you look at any of these women I just named, they are viewed as hoes. You feel what I'm saying? Like not, nothing respectable whatsoever. You look at my wife and then you look at Beyonce. You look at Rihanna. You look at my wife. You look at like any, you know what I'm saying? Like any of these women out here, nobody wants that in their life, you know, outside of the bedroom, if you guys catch my drift. All right. You know, so shout out to my wife. Happy birthday to her. She celebrated a birthday yesterday. Had a good time. Had some time to just chill, relax. She wanted to go up to Cheesecake Factory, get some cheesecake. I said, what the heck? Why not? Let's do it. You in the Cheesecake, Courtney? I love Cheesecake Factory. Wanted to say happy birthday to her. I didn't get to. But I feel on that cheesecake. It's delicious. Oh, man. See, that's the thing. I'm not, I'm not in the cheesecake. I mean, I like cake. But uh, I've never really been in a cheesecake necessarily, but uh, yeah, we had a, definitely a good time up there, man. I had this uh, this uh, the, the teriyaki chicken dish, man. I'm used to going to the Chinese store to get the teriyaki chicken, man. You go to get the real teriyaki, it's like, whoa, <laughs> what's, what's this? This is real teriyaki sauce, man. This ain't the the five dollar platter teriyaki. Y'all don't know nothing about that, man. But yeah, so um, yeah, man. Definitely, if you go to Cheesecake Factory, get the teriyaki chicken dish. It's, it's pretty good. Um, speaking of which, uh, we were just talking about um, just before we get off of you know the whole Beyonce and all that. I found this to be very interesting. You guys could just tell me what you think about this. I mean. I was uh, watching, I was watching something, or maybe reading a, an article, and they were saying that you know uh, Michelle Obama took Malia and Sasha to the Beyonce and Jay Z on the Run concert, you know, tour. And I was just like, wow. I mean, how how old are they? Were they like thirteen and fifteen or something, something like that? Something like that. I, mean, I don't know how old they are. I know they're teenagers. I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I mean, and I don't, I have no just so you people are clear. I have no respect for them. You know what I mean? What sort? Uh, Jay Z or Beyonce or Michelle or Barack? Zero. Let's be clear about that. And I question. I I just question the parenting and the morals and the values, you know, of anyone who. I mean, if you want to go, then you go. I mean, like, that's your twist. Like, hey, cool. Like, that's, you know, I'm not here to judge what you like. But when you involve kids, you know, and and, and subject them to, you know, like that type of environment, you know, where that type of, those types of lyrics, that type of imagery, that, that type of just energy I mean, I question that. Like, I question Barack Obama as a man, you know, to be honest with you, to to allow his children, his young girls, 
to watch a woman prance around half naked, singing about sex, and then watching her, you know, or, or I should say, allowing them to watch Jay Z perform songs that glor literally glorifies, you know, the drug dealing lifestyle, violent lifestyle, sexual lifestyle. Um, I mean, adulterous lifestyle. This guy sings about, you know what I mean? Like, this is a married man. Someone who's been with his woman for 10 years, and he's bragging about one-night stands in his music. Like, I mean, it's like, who does that? I mean, I'm just asking. I mean, I know a lot of rappers do it, but I'm just like, you know, how, you're, like you're married. You're 45 years old, and you're married with a child, and you're you're rapping about some chick you, you you know you did whatever with I mean it's just like come on you're grown and this is this is who Michelle Obama and Barack Obama I mean feel as though are positive role models and influences for their teenage daughters I mean if anybody thinks that that's okay let me know because we it's not a, one it's not okay and it's even worse when people try to justify it as being okay. I mean, what what are your thoughts on that, though? Did you hear about them going to the concert? Yeah, that was here um, in Chicago, and um, yeah, I, I I heard them. I saw them talking about it. I mean, I'm not surprised, you know, because they're all like, you know, BFS. But um, I do find it funny though that one of the daughters, I think it was Sasha. This is a while back. They took pictures of her, like, she had, like, some really short shorts on. And, I mean, it's no surprise. I mean, look who, you know, is her favorite singer, Beyonce. So you see the effect. And mm-hmm. so, but the parents do, they do need to take um, responsibility, you know, and really, you know, get a handle on that. But they're fans of them, too, so <laughs> that's not really going to happen. <laughs> I've told this story before, but I'll tell it again. I mean, what y'all have to realize is that, you know, I went ahead, like when I was a kid, we didn't have BET, we didn't even have cable. You see what I'm saying? Like we didn't even have, um, you know, we, we had certain, like if we were caught listening to something that we shouldn't have been listening to, it was a problem. You know, my dad, you know, would, would you know, would, would had this device. We weren't allowed to watch videos after school. I mean, there were no videos, we didn't have cable. We weren't even allowed to watch TV. We, you know, they would come home and feel the TV to see if it was warm. If we if that TV was warm, that was our, you know, our behinds. You see, I'm just that's just what it was. So we would we we I mean we would watch it. You know what I'm saying? But you know what I'm saying? we were we would get in trouble if we got caught. We would get the fan out. You know, we put the TV try to put the TV in the refrigerator just to cool it off. So I mean, it was crazy, man. We went through some crazy lanes just to be able to think. But the point is, parents, our parents cared. You see what I'm saying? They were aware of what was out there and what we were watching. So, you you know what I mean? Like, that's important. One time, I remember, we got the, uh, it was during the Olympics. I forget which Olympics it was, but it was the Olympics, and the Summer Olympics. And, um, you know, so we were like, all right, look, you know, we, we'll get cable for the summer, right? And y'all can watch the Olympics because there were a lot of events that, you know, weren't shown on regular TV, so we, they got cable. Long story short, you know, one time me and my brother, you know, I think my sister was down there too. We, it was like maybe ten o'clock after the Olympics went off, and we had, you know, we had BT on, 
And I think it was like uncut on or something like that. Or no, it wasn't uncut because it was wasn't like two o'clock in the morning. But it was something like that. And, and my dad happened to come downstairs and see us watching BET, you know. And literally right after that, maybe he, went, he didn't even say nothing. He went right back upstairs. About maybe ten minutes later, TV just cut off. Like, yo, uh, you know, Dad, what's up with the TV? Like, oh no, it's off. Yeah, I just called uh, Comcast. We, you know, we had it, just had it cut off. So I told y'all not to be, you know, watching, watching, you know, what you weren't supposed to be watching. And so I say all that to say, you, you know what I mean? I, I mean, I think you guys get the point by now. But we need to get back to that. Like, we weren't allowed to watch shows like In Living Color. You know, we weren't allowed to watch. I mean, to be honest with you, the only shows we were able, really allowed to watch were the Cosby Show in a Different World. That's it. That was all the TV we watched. Other than that, it was sports and camp and activities and family games and, you know, flashcards at the dinner table, Trivial Pursuit, Scrabble, you know, history types of stuff. Like, that's basically what we did. You know what I mean? And now these, I look at these kids out here, and it's just like, it's just, I mean, it's just nothing, man. These kids, they have no no home training. I think Dolores was in the group. She was saying these kids, somebody threw a rock through her, her back window, shattered her window. I'm like, yo, who does that? You know what I mean? Like, that's just craziness. Like, we would have never did anything like that. Like, for what? For what reason? Just to be typical niggas. You know, you guys missed our special on the difference between niggas, you know, and and positive black people. Check it out, you know. And in fact, some people evidently, I shouldn't say some people, a few people, I guess they didn't catch what I was saying. They, you know, misinterpreted what I was saying about this weekend's movie. I was saying about the new James Brown film. I said, hopefully, black people will not act like niggas and not go out and support this film. If that wasn't clear, I apologize anyway. I thought it was crystal clear, and shout out to those of you who got it. But, you know, basically that's what people do is, you know, what we do, we have a history of not supporting things that need to be supported. We have a history of not going to the movie theater to see Movies that are about us and about our leaders, our, you know, trailblazing entertainers like Ray Charles, like Muhammad Ali, like Medgar Evers, you know, like, I mean, Jackie Robbins, you know what I'm saying? Who else? I mean, we got this new uh, James Brown you know, uh, Dorothy Dandridge, how many people actually saw introducing Dorothy Dandridge? You know, and I'm not here to, I mean, you didn't see it, you didn't see it. You know, Ghosts of Mississippi, you know, people are like, what? What's that? But the reality is, when you say Medea, you automatically think of Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry was the richest, you know, uh, man in the entertainment, or was at least last year. I think he made like $130 million last year. That's more money than anyone in the entertainment industry made in one year. $130 million in one year. That's crazy. You know, that's, I mean, if anything, Spike Lee should have been that. You see what I'm saying? Malcolm X, I think I think they did a thing like Medea. I don't know if you guys remember. I remember when Malcolm X was made. 
Spike Lee ran out of money to make Malcolm X. He had to go on this campaign. I think he got Oprah Winfrey to donate. He got people like uh, Denzel. I think something like Denzel Washington donated his salary. I think he ended up doing the movie for free or something like that. It was crazy. Uh, a lot of celebrities gave twenty, you know, twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollars just to get the movie made because he ran out of money. He had no more budget for it. This is Spike Lee. This is one of the Malcolm X is probably the best movie of all time, the greatest biopic of all time. You know what I mean? But more people saw. The Medea movies, then I mean, if you look at the the most successful Medea movie, you realize, Courtney, that that made more money than Malcolm X, right? That's a shame. Oh yeah, I, I believe it. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy. You know, it actually is is disgusting to be honest with you. You know, Medea made more money than Malcolm X. So you know, and in fact, Red Tails, we did a whole show on it. You know, and this was, I said the same thing about Red, before Red Tails, and I did a prediction. I was not wrong. I predicted Red Tails would be a commercial flop. I predicted it before it even came out. You know, in fact, uh, George Lucas, who produced it, he he said, he said, look, man, this, he said, look, this, this story needs to be told. He said, this is craziness. I mean, he said the, the Tuskegee Airmen, I mean, this is, this is stuff that needs to be heard. He said, in fact, I don't want to just do one movie. I saw the whole interview. He's like, look, I, he said, I want to do a, a trilogy. He said, look, if I can do a Star Wars trilogy, I can definitely do a Red Tails trilogy. He said, this is more important than some, some, you know, some, some fictional stuff. He said, this really happened. He said, this is off the hook. He said, but look, I mean, you know, this, he said, I'm doing this with my money. He said, I couldn't, he said, I didn't get a lot of, uh, you know, funding, you know, for this, like the way I would for Star Wars or other things, Indiana Jones and all that other stuff. He said, look, this is pretty much me. He said, I'll do it. He said, I don't have a problem doing it, but, I mean, this has to be a success. Red, The first one has to be a success. If, if Red Tails is, is a commercial success, then I'll do another one. If that's a success, then I'll do a third one. Now, matter of fact, he said if the first one was a success, then he'll just do the next two. Do you, let me just ask you, Courtney, and this was what he said. Do, let me, I'll just ask you, do you think that, that we should expect uh, a Red Tails 2 and 3? No, it's a rat. <laughs> it's just going to be one. <laughs> yeah, it's just Red Tails. That's it. You know, and, which is sad, you know, because I mean, we could have used something like that. You know, and this is a white man who who was passionate about telling our story. So, I mean, all I, I still have to say, I mean, we got to just – Support, you know. I, I, I think it said. I think he said. And somebody asked him. I think they said, "Well, what would it take for this to be considered a commercial success?" He said, "Well, I mean, you know, I mean, a, a hit, a crazy hit like Barbershop or Tyler Perry stuff." He said, "That's, you know, he said it can be done." He said, "Like forty million, forty-five million. That would, that would be like a super success opening weekend." He said, "But I don't even need that." He said, "Look, man, just give me what I got in it." You know what I mean? He said, just give me $20 million. He said, look, if y'all can give me $20 million opening back, you know, o- you know, for opening weekend, then, you know what I'm saying, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll make these other two movies. Let me ask you, do you think Tyler Perry's, you know, Medea did re- routinely does about 40, 45 mil. Think Like a Man did about 38. The first Think Like a Man did about 40 mil. You know, those types of black comedies, these niggardly comedies, 
they do about forty mil. What you think Red Tails did? Tell me at, at least did fifteen. I think it did around seventeen. Okay. I think it did around seventeen. Seventeen million opening week weekend. Don't quote me on that. I know it didn't do the twenty. You know, which which is what you know, which would have been half of what something like Think Like a Man or Medea did. So my point is, you know, and I'll go ahead and put my put it out there. I'll, I'm willing to bet James Brown does. Uh, I, you know, I don't even want to. Say, I mean, I'll say about. I'll probably say about 15 million opening week, and that's just off the top of my head. That sound about right to you? Yeah, it does. Which is a damn maybe shame. Maybe less than that. <laughs> right, that's a damn shame to be honest with you. But um, Ali, I remember, only did 11 million opening weekend. The greatest boxer of all time, opening weekend, 11 million. That's a shame. But Medea will do 40 million. That's that's crazy. But so, you know, that's that's what we were talking about uh, as far as that goes. A lot to talk about. You know what I mean? Uh, from the last week or so. Uh, you know, if you guys have questions on their feedback or. Comments, thoughts, opinions, six four six two zero 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 three six six. But I want want to get deeper into, um, you know, just our conversation on what women look for in a man. When I posted uh, the, uh, you know, the advertisement for tonight's show, I posted a picture of Jeremy Meeks, you know, who, if you guys are unfamiliar, was the, uh, you know, some form of criminal. You know who who you know took had a mugshot taken and you know America went crazy or I should say Black America went crazy. You don't see white women going crazy over this guy, but you know he had that the light eyes, the you know light skin, you know muscular build or whatever. And you know women were just going crazy, just like writing them letters and talking about what they would do. To, I mean it's just freaking niggers, man. Like I mean. No, no other word for it. Just niggardly behavior. I mean, you're lusting after someone who's in jail, and and that is basically going. I mean, we're talking millions of people, you know, millions of women, you know, expressing, like if that's the standard, if that's what you want. I mean, what are you gonna get? Like, you're not gonna get him, but that's indicative of the the types of guys that you're that you're dealing with, and that you will most likely deal with. Did you were you were you aware of that whole situation, Courtney? Yes, I mean how how could anyone have missed that? It was like everywhere. I knew um, well, I didn't know her personally, but uh, somebody on Facebook she made him her profile picture. Really? Right. <laughs> you know the picture of him they had and like someone photoshopped of him in like a, a suit, like a model for Calvin Klein or whatever. And um, she posted that as her profile picture and saying how fine he was and all of that stuff. Yeah, it's just really unfortunate because, I mean, it's, it's like, I mean, this is someone who's obviously in jail. This is someone who, you know, is a, uh, you know, some form of criminal. I mean, and when you think of all of the guys out there that you could, you know, you could date, you know, who are in church, you know, who are in ministry, who have legal jobs are upstanding members of this community. What I've found, and this is a lot of this is even through personal experience. A lot of women, most women, in fact, you know, they just don't like those types of guys. You know, or I should say, put it like this, and this is going to you know offend some women, but 
they don't like those types of guys prior to the two kids, prior to the extra 30, 40 pounds that come on, okay? Prior to the, the you know, the, the age of 40, you know? And, and, I'm, and that's what happens a lot of times. So what, what you end up seeing is later in life, after dealing with the Jeremy Meeks, after being impregnated by the Jeremy Meeks, the DMX, you know, whoever, you know, having the two kids, getting your heart broken, then you decide you want to go to church and get give your life to God, and you want to deal with somebody in the, you know, what I'm saying in in ministry. Then you want to give a shot to the guy who you didn't pay any attention to when you were 130 pounds. Now that you're 170 pounds, you want to deal with him. The only problem is he doesn't like that type of woman. He, you see what I'm saying? Like, and I'm not. That's nothing against, you know, women who are 170 pounds. That's nothing against women who are over 40. But what I'm saying to you is, and this is a lot of stuff that we talked about on Barbershop Talk, you know, and I remember even shout out to Eric Jerome Brown, who used to be a a panelist on Barbershop Talk. He said, and I don't want to misquote him, but something to the effect of there is an expiration date. On, which I'm not sure I 100% agree with, but he did say, and I, I like the way he phrased it. He said there's an expiration date on, there's like a window of time where you can really be found by that that you know what I'm saying that that specific type of man that you're seeking, you know. And that's not that doesn't have anything to do with God uh, necessarily, but what that has to do with though is if you're saying you want a certain type of man with no kids a certain type of man who looks a certain type of way, who's a certain type of age, well, guess what? Like, let's say you want, you're 32, okay, and you want a 35 to 40-year-old man with no kids. That's what you want. That's what you pray for. Okay. Well, if that's what you want, then obviously from a time standpoint, there's going to be only a certain amount of time or a certain window that you can get that type of guy to look at you in that way. You know, I mean, he's not going to sit around twiddling his thumbs. You know, I know I wasn't going to be 40 and single for nobody. That was just me. I knew what I wanted, and I went out and got it. You see what I'm saying? So if that's what you want, there's obviously a time frame that you have to prepare yourself to be found. But if you're dealing with Jeremy Jeremy Meeks at 32 because you think he's a 35-year-old sexy man, well, that's going to limit that your opportunity to be found by that 35-year-old Christian man. So now after you do what you do with him and that that whole thing runs its course, you're now no longer 32, you're now 42. And the guys that you're that you're attracting are now 52, are now 45. Now, if you're willing if that's what you, if you're okay with a 45 to 50 year old man, hey, that's cool. But if you're not, you got to you know, don't waste your time on DMX. Don't waste your time on Ghost from power. You guys know about Amari Hardwick over on, on Stars. You know what I mean? You, you you find that to be sexy. You know? Is that did you ever seek out those types of men? Yeah, I did. I did. You found them sexy? Uh, yeah, I I did. What was sexy about them? We're talking about just the thug type of guys or are you talking about the yeah. guy from power? <laughs> Um, 
<laughs> no, going back to your question. I'll just say no, but like those types of guys are just attractive, um, attractive to me because I just like to feel like protected, and I, I just I like that. And then I was turned on by them sexually too. So now you're talking. Like of yeah. Now you're talking. See, that's that's what you know when we when we talk about. You know what a lot of these women want from a, you know, they say from a physical standpoint. It's like okay, you know, I like the big muscular dudes. You know, tall. That that you know, it, it definitely has to do with you know something nice to look at. But let's be honest, ladies. I mean, if a guy has a nice, you know, big arms and a big chest and a big six pack, I mean, you can only do so much just from looking at it, right? I mean, you're not. Let's just be honest with it. You don't. You know, it's like a man. If you see a woman with a big butt and she's flaunting it, you don't want to just look at it. <laughs> you you want to hit it. You want to, you know, tap that from the back. I mean, I'm just being honest with you. That's what you want to do if you're a man. That's the whole point of a big butt. Oh, oh yeah, let me just look at you. Oh, yeah, it looks so nice. No, <laughs> ladies. You know, you want to do what Courtney wanted to do. You know, you wanted to be picked up with those nice strong arms. You wanted to feel on his nice washboard abs as he's hovering ab- above you doing what he does. That's what it that's the real turn on. That's what black women really want is to be sexually pleased, sexually satisfied, and there's the mental perception that someone in the church would not be able to do that. Someone in ministry would not be able to keep your attention, give you that sexual stimulation that you seek. We talked a lot about over the last several years, you know, you hear women saying, well, you know, what do you want in a man? Well, he's got to have his own place. He's got to do that. Like, what What do you mean? He's got to have his own place. What's, what's that have to do with anything? Well, oh, no, I just, you know, I don't want nobody that lives with his mom. Well, why not? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with somebody living? You know, I mean, and then they don't come up. They have to come up with all these reasons why, as if that matters. When the real reason is because they want to be able to have sex outside of their home. You know, and I'm outside of their home. You know, because that's and I tell you guys this all the time. When it comes to sex, you know, OG players know. You know, they know that the main way to get a woman in the bed is to get them out of their bed. Well, what do you mean by that? Y'all, come on, y'all know what I mean by that. You take a woman out, you go back to their their room to chill, their crib to chill. They got that wall up, right? They got that. They they're comfortable there. You know, it's not it's not as likely to go down in a woman's crib. But take it from the master. <laughs> I mean, believe me, I know of uh, that of which I speak. You take a woman out of her comfort zone. You take a woman into your comfort zone. Ninety percent of the time. It's going down. Am I right, Courtney? The ladies don't like this. The ladies are quiet. The phone lines aren't ringing. They say, whoa, I want this information, but I don't want nobody to know I'm getting this. That's cool. Just get the information. But is that something that you can relate to, Courtney? Am I lying? You're you're not lying, but that's not something I can relate to. Because three, it didn't match. I'm about to say it didn't really matter where I was. (laughs) Um, But... Uh, hey, but I get what you're saying though. Like, just taking a woman out of that, I can I can see how that more like more than likely would go down. Oh yeah, oh yeah. 
I mean, it's I mean not a hundred percent, but I'm saying you know percentage wise, I mean you know you do that. And, and the, but the funny thing is, very few women will actually admit that. You know, very few women will actually admit, oh, you know, hey, the reason why, you know, that's so important to me that he have his own place is because I'm a loud, I, I, I'm loud in bed. I'm a screamer. I'm not necessarily a moan. I like to scream, and I'm not cool with his mom hearing me. And, I'm, and I've had women through private counseling who've actually admitted that. You won't see people admitting that in the Facebook debate. But, you know, on a large scale, that's, you know, it has a lot to do with that. You know, how many times have you heard women say, well, you know, if I'm dealing with somebody, he's got to be, you know, this big. He's got to be able to do X, Y, and Z. Well, what does that have to do with, you know, with, with God blessing you with the, the man that he has for you? Well, you know, I, I, I hear that, but I just, you know, I can't be with somebody who can't please me sexually. I've heard women say, i got to sample the merchandise before I commit. That's whole talk right there. You see, you know, like respectable women don't talk like that. Respectable women, that's not uh, on their list of criteria as far as whether or not to deal with somebody. It's not going to be about how, how, you know, how well he can please you sexually. And so we got to look at those wants and needs of black women and transform that into what the Bible says, you know, we should look at. You know what I mean? As far as choosing a mate. You know, qualities like trust and, you know, and honesty and, and, and commitment and communication. You think about those. Were those things that you that weren't really 100% on your radar, Courtney? No. They weren't at all. I that all that stuff just came secondary. Um, yeah, it was more about just a physical standpoint, how he looked physically and what he can do for me physically and sexually. It's like if he was if he pleased me sexually, it didn't matter if he was a jerk. It really didn't because as long as I had that, <laughs> I was good. And, and and on another uh, another note, like a lot of times, what will happen is women will, you know, ha- they've after they've been so hurt by the liars, the dogs, the cheaters, and the players, they will say, "Well, okay, I'm closing my heart off to love. I'm not really interested in love anymore at this point. I'm just it's just about all about getting mine." He, I'm going to become a guy. I'm going to do what men do. You know, I'm going to be a female pimp. I, you know, I used to hear that a lot. I mean, that's there's no there's no such thing as a female pimp. A female pimp is nothing more than a hoe. I want you a woman who's sexually liberated is nothing more than a hoe. I had that debate with Zane, you know, one time where she talked all that stuff about women women being empowered. I, you know, when she wrote all that that crap, you know, in her books. You know what I'm saying? It's like, look, that's that you're describing a hoe. If you're sexually free, you just have sex with anybody, and you know, at any time. I mean, that's there's no difference between that and a hoe. And so, you know, we gotta start putting more of a of a rigid, you know, definition of of what a hoe is and what it's not. I mean, that term has become unfortunately taboo. You know, in in recent times, it's like if you even speak of what the Bible defines as a hoe, you are labeled being judgmental. Whereas back in the day, there were very strict guidelines on 
how a woman should present herself, how a woman should carry herself. And I'm, I'm talking about in, as, as recently as 1960s, 1970s, 1950s. Well, that's when women were actually getting married. That's the age of your grandparents, my grandparents. Many of them were married. Most of them were married. Why? Because women carried themselves as, as, as respectable women. Now, common sense will tell you women are not doing that. Well, I mean, they're not getting wiped out. I mean, it's not rocket science, guys. It's not. I mean, they want to have these nightline specials and these panel discussions. Everybody wants to come out with dating and relationship books on why this and why that. It's common sense. It's common sense. Women are, it's a gender role reversal. Men are acting like floozies and, 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 and you know what I'm saying, pansies. And women are acting like dudes. Women are being hoes. Women are not respecting their bodies. Men are not respecting women. Nobody's getting married. Common sense. It's not It's not brain surgery. It's not rocket science. You know what I'm saying? Women who respect their body. I mean, look at my wife. Obviously, she respects her body. She's not a hoe. Bam, she's married. Look at my mom. She respects her body. She's not a hoe. My dad married her. Bam. You know, my homies, their wives, guess what? They're not hoes. The men have had sex with hoes back in the day, but they married the respectable women. It's not rocket science, guys. You're a lot, but the problem is a lot of women are trying to be the women that these men want to have sex with and then wondering why they're not treating them like wives. It doesn't work like that. You know what I mean? Nobody's going to wife up a hoe. All right? I mean, unless you're an idiot. And anybody who wipes up a hoe is an idiot. Now, notice I didn't say anyone who wipes up a former hoe is an idiot. No, nah, because remember, God can change both men and God can change both women. But what I said was men don't marry hoes. See, that's what a lot of people aren't understanding. If you change, then you change. And God can bless you with love. But if you are still living a hoish lifestyle and putting on Facebook and Instagram hoish presentations of yourself, and then you're questioning why you can't have love, that's just idiotic. You know, any, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, what I say is, I mean, that's it's not the smartest thing to do, but I really think some women really they they just don't know better because they were never shown that, and so because what they're doing is giving them attention, they're allowing that to make them feel like, oh, this man wants to take me seriously because he's giving me compliments. They just don't know because I used to be one of those people. Like I used to think when I got attention from men that they were looking at me and, you know, as a future girlfriend, a future wife. I just didn't know better. And it's grown women that don't know better, so. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's and that's what this show is for, though. You know, and I mean, to be honest with you, that's what fathers are for. You know what I mean? Like, that's what fathers are for. That's what grandfathers are for. I mean, it is to, one, be that example of, of you know, the type of man a daughter or granddaughter should aspire to be with. That's how it starts. You lead by example. But then, two, to actually, you know, play a role in that woman's life to, to show her and tell her, hey, look, this is what you do, this is what you don't do. I mean, you know, so they so they know for themselves, so they can actually hear it and they can see it. You know, in fact, you guys got to remember, I, I said online earlier, that it's impossible for a man to love you when all he thinks about is sex when he's around you. Does that make sense to you, Courtney? Yes, it does. That was a really good um, post, by the way. Oh, thank you. I mean, that's that's basically what 
what women are not getting. You know, and that, and I just want just to elaborate on that a little bit. You got to look at it from the perspective of. I mean, here's the thing: when a man is like, I've had jump offs in the past. Like, if you have a woman where that's all you you, you guys do is just sex, ladies, I don't know what you think or what the media told you. I don't know what's going on in your minds, but I'm just telling you, that's the only time he thinks about you. Like if y'all have, if you're just a jump off, or you guys are friends with benefits, whatever you want to call it. He's not thinking about you, you know, while he's at work at one o'clock. I mean, y'all know that, right? Like he's, it's, you know, he's not on your mind. You're not on his mind. I mean, you know, he's thinking about you when he gets off work. He's thinking about you when it's time. You know, when he's at the party, thinking about who he's gonna call to chill with after the, you know, the party. You know, like. If he's not going out with the homies, it's raining, or you know he's snowed in. All right, who can I chill? Who can I be booed up with tonight? You know, all right, let me hit her up. He, that's when he's thinking about you. And a lot of women don't get that. They're thinking, oh, he texted me, telling me what's up, sexy. That means I'm on his mind. That means he's checking up on me. No, no, no. he's not checking up on you. He's checking up on that. That that now again, if this was 2006, you know what I'm saying? It'd be a different type of show. But you see, you guys still get the point, right? He's checking up on the booty, okay? Hopefully, and you don't want to be that. You want to actually be on his mind. Like when I, w- I was telling somebody through private counseling the other day, if I, t- or not if, but when I, you know, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, I text my wife, hey, how's work going? It's not about sex. You know what I'm saying? I'm not thinking about sex. At 1 o'clock in the afternoon when I text her, hey, how's work? You see what I'm saying? I'm just actually texting her to see see how work is. How's your day going? You see, that's that's not about sex. But when you get that text, at, like, tonight, that text you just got 15 minutes ago, it got talking about something, what's up, sexy? You see how that's a little bit different from me texting my wife, hey, how's work going, versus, hey, what's up, sexy? When are you going to let me see you? When are you going to let me smash? <laughs> when are you going to, you know, like those, you ever get get one of those texts? Yeah, I used to get those all the time. Between that and then actually seeing the guy and hoping this is going to be some quality time, you know, spending with each other. But meanwhile, he just can't keep his hands off of me. I think a lot of women know what I'm talking about. It's like just always just touching you and you just already know, like, what he wants. But you try to tell yourself otherwise. Right. Not only do you try to tell yourself otherwise, you try to convince him it should be something else other than what you already know that it is, and it never ends up being anything other than that. You can't make a man love you. You know, you can't make a man want you. You can't make a man want your heart if all he wants is that booty, okay? It's like it's not, you know, you can try to, but you're just going to end up playing tug-of-war with the panties. Tug of war with that song. He's trying to rip it off. You're trying to hold it up. Talk about some stop, 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 stop. What are you doing? Talk about what are you doing? You know exactly what he's doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just don't just. And that's. And I'll tell y'all something. That's worse. And I don't know. And I just want to be honest with y'all, ladies. If you're gonna do it, then do it. In fact, we're gonna be doing a show over the next couple of weeks. Um, I told you guys I like that new Sam Smith song. Stay with me. Well, we're going to do a show on that. 
If you listen to the words and the lyrics of it, it's actually about a one-night stand. Now, I don't know if this dude is gay or what. I mean, he seems kind of sweet to me, so he's probably thinking about a man. You know what I mean? The song is probably about a dude. But we're going to just talk I mean, to be real with y'all. You know I mean? He seems kind of like a kind of fruity. But uh, we're going to talk about it just from a general one-night one stand perspective. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Did you see the video for that yet, Gordon? Yeah, I saw it. What the heck? What the heck is he into? And the funny thing is, if you watch the beginning of the video, I don't know if you noticed, they don't show whether or not it's a man or a woman that he gets up out the bed bed from. Did you repeat that? Oh, you know what? I saw something different. I saw the live performance with Mary J. I didn't see the actual video. But okay. Yeah, it's actually, yeah, it's actually pretty interesting. If you watch the video, you know he's it, they basically just show him getting up out of bed, putting his clothes on, just walking out, you know. But you know, and I think they do that on purpose to, to make you wonder whether or not you just see like the skin, you know. You don't know if it's a man or it's a woman. So, which is really you know whatever. But <laughs> I want my point is I want to do a show on the thought process behind friends with benefits situations, the psychology of being a friend with benefits. You know, if you look at this song, he's saying, stay with me. He says, clearly, this is not love, or this is not love. That's clear to see, you know, something like that. Uh, you know, but but won't you stay with me? You see what I'm saying? And And that is a very female-like trait. A lot of guys will have sex with a woman, and then they'll make up excuses as to why they have to leave. But the woman, even though she knows it's not love and will never be love, but is trying to make it love, will still just want that man to stay with her. That's going to be a good show. Y'all want to, y'all want, you definitely want to tune in for that one probably sometime uh, next week. But, uh, I, in fact, I'll tell you, I used to do that. I used to, me and the homies, man, we used to have our own code set up. You know, it's like, look, if if you, because sometimes you can't call, you can't even do anything, you you stuck. But you know, after it goes down, you, you're looking for an escape route. You're trying to get up out of there, ladies. Did you know that there's nothing worse spending the night with the woman who you've had sex with that you really don't want to spend the night with? You don't want to have anything to do with? You have no feeling. Y'all know that's the worst thing in the world, right? Did you? I mean, did you know that? I see now, but like before, no, I didn't think about it like that. That is so. That's any man will tell you, and I'll just tell you this. I mean, if you're gonna, let me just say this. But I mean, this isn't this isn't in the Bible. This isn't even. I mean, you shouldn't be doing it. That's the official. That you know, what I'm saying that's the biblical stance to it, and that's what we will continue to, you know, to teach and to preach. But you know, my thing is this: the realness is that. If you're going to do it, and many of you will do it, like if you're going to have sex with somebody, but you know you're not like that, you know he doesn't view you like that, look, don't try to make it into something. Just accept your role, you know what I mean? And, and you know, and don't try to make him spend the night with you. Like if you know he doesn't want to be with you, if you know he'd rather be out in the club, and the deep down, here's where it gets uncomfortable, deep down, if you know he wants to leave and go have sex with somebody else, then you let him. You see what I'm saying? You can't control. You can't. There's nothing you can do. 
You know, if you don't like how that feels, if you think that that's not right that he had sex with you, but now he wants to go to the club to meet other women to have sex with, or he's going back to his baby mom or wherever you know for a fact he's going, but you don't want him to, then you shouldn't put yourself into that situation to begin with. You cannot control a man. Not only can you not control a man, you have no ties to a man just because you decided to give him that booty. Okay? You can't, you ha- you can't, that's not your right. If a man is having sex with you and five other women, that's okay. Okay? If you're, if that's not your husband, if that's not your man, if you're not in a committed relationship, you have no ties to him. Now, if you choose to let him smash raw and you're worried about him giving you chlamydia or gonorrhea or herpes or whatever, you want to give him a hard time, read him the riot act for going and sleeping with somebody else and endangering, that's your fault for having sex with him. He's allowed to have sex with whoever he wants to. A lot of women don't want to hear that. You know, that's not the Steve Harvey-esque-like type of advice America has become used to, Right? But like I told you, excuse me, like the Bible told you, it says here in 2 Timothy that for a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. We're giving you all sound and wholesome teaching right now. It says instead they will follow their own desires and will look for teachers, you know, who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. The 90-day rule is a myth. What I'm saying tonight is the truth. Anything outside the Bible, something from a biblical standpoint, is is a myth. Did you ever seek myths because you were scared of the truth? Yes. And also just because I wanted an excuse to continue doing what I was doing. What were you doing? Having sex, and then especially with people... That I knew there was no future with, and so instead of just doing a basically, yeah, I was being a hoe. Instead of doing like the right thing and just being by myself and giving my life to God, I said, "Oh no, that's too boring." So you know, I would gravitate towards those kind of things. Right. Let's talk about that tonight's show. We're talking about what black women want in a man. Courtney just said she would gravitate. Towards those types of things Those types of guys Well what I want to do right now Is I want to play for you guys 50 Cent featuring Destiny's Child It's called Thug Love And then I want you to reflect on As you listen to these lyrics This is the person who Barack Obama says Is the best possible role model for his daughters This is the person who Michelle Obama Takes her daughters to go see Subjects themselves, and this these are the lyrics. This is a song featuring Beyonce and Destiny's Child. This is absolute foolishness right here, but I want to let you guys hear it. So this is called Thug Love, Fifty Cent featuring Destiny's Child. The same people you just heard singing about Jesus Christ, but now they're going to be singing about drugs and sex, drug dealers, gang life, thug life, thug love. Listen up real quick. We'll, we'll dissect the lyrics in one second. Look, we can shout together, mama. Yeah. 
right there a thugs what i want a thugs what i need right he laces laces me with money he knows when i want it you, you guys you guys see what what's being said here you know and i'm never going to leave my baby my thugged out no good baby huh what do you, what do you think about those lyrics Courtney? That's a mess. <laughs> a direct um, contradiction to say yes. Don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> it's well, and here's the thing. Let me. This is what I'll say about that. This is the interesting thing about it. Because a lot of people say, well, you know, people can change and they were young. Well, that's the thing. They were young. But guess what? Here's the thing. If Beyonce was young when she was singing those lyrics, guess what? You guys were young too. A lot of these thirty-five-year-old women were young then too. You know what I mean? Like you guys grew up listening to that. That's about ten, you know, ten years old right there. So you figure if Beyonce is what thirty-five now, let's say, well, okay, ten years ago, twenty-five. Imagine, you know, if you're thirty-five, forty years old listening to this. Well, you got to ask yourself, well, dang, you know what? What mistakes have I made, you know, over the last 10 years? 
You know, what what was I doing at 25? You know, maybe if I would not have adopted, you know, those views, you know, that mentality, you know, of, of wanting a thug. You guys got to realize there was not a lot of that going on around that time. I mean, this is the time that, you know, Whitney Houston was around, um, you know, Patti LaBelle, Anita Baker, um, you know, Sade, you know, these, you know, when Beyonce came out, she really, they just, they came out talking about something that was not, you know, as widely popular as it is now, that whole thug, you know, I mean, yeah, what was it, uh, Moni Love, not Moni Love, uh, uh, what the heck, uh, Roughneck, MC Light, you know, on a Roughneck, and that, Salt and Pepper, but it wasn't, that was, they were not as commercially successful as Destiny Child, so when somebody comes out talking that, Independent woman stuff, you know that it caught on like wild, wild uh, wildfire, and so a lot of women, twenty years old, they grew up listening to that stuff. So now having that independent woman way of thinking, having that thug love mentality, wanting a thug, it didn't work out so well, you know. And now people like myself, you know, we're faced with the task, and I, you know, I welcome it. But we're faced with the task of, you know, providing therapy and counseling to a lot of those 35, 40-year-old, 50-year-old women who grew up on those types of lyrics with that type of mentality, you know, and the and are now facing the, the, the effects, the repercussions, the consequences of dealing with those types of guys and putting themselves in those types of situations, you know. Let's go through these lyrics real quick because these lyrics are crazy, and I just want to kind of just outline some of what 50 Cent is talking about, because he really does epitomize that thug. I mean, this guy comes from the street. You know, this guy's a murderer. This guy's a drug dealer, you know, a uh, a con artist, a, a scam artist. I mean, I don't know if you guys are familiar with his story, but he'll tell you himself. He did all all types of crimes out there, you know, dog women, played women. Let's, let's, let's see what he's saying. He's saying, what y'all know about this fab, S-H-I-T, you know, uh, we can shop together, mama, his and hers. Fifth Ave, baby, Fendi furs. I ain't tight with the chips, girls. I'm down to splurge. Now, let's just stop there for a second. This this first stanza here is basically about money. It's about, you know, what do they say? It ain't tricking if you got it. Well, that's the thing. You guys got to realize that stuff isn't free. When a man spends that type of money on you, when he's buying you Fendi furs, Fendi furs are not... You know, inexpensive. You know, he's saying he ain't tight with the chips. You know, he's throwing that money like it's not a problem. Well, well, he's going to expect something in return. He's going to expect some sex to go along with those chips. If he's down to splurge, yeah, you be, you better be down to throw that, you know what I'm saying, back at him. He says, if it's ice you like, I'll light up your life. Well, what does that mean? Well, diamonds. VS2 clarity, all right? I, now, you see, these are, you know, expensive things. VS1, VS2, that's like, those are like flawless diamonds, basically. You're giving that to a hoe? You're giving that to someone just for some sex? I mean, only an idiot would do that. But th- either way, that's, that's you're, you're being viewed and, and labeled as a prostitute. You know, this is the type of mentality that, or behavior that Destiny's Child is subscribing to here. You know, but then she says, I like that. You know, that's what they want. I need, what she said, a thug's what I want. A thug's what I need. It's crazy. 
says, 50 Cent says, I'm the type to put the metal to the floor and the drop. I live life in the fast lane. All right? Hustle hard for the cash so I can spoil that ass. That's, wow, okay. That's that's great. It's like she loves me, she loves me not. Because her friends pump her head full of BS a lot. I gave jewels, I imported fur. Here's the thing. This is where we got to really talk about what's going on here. Because she loves me, she loves me not. Well, if he loves when you love him, that's when he's spending the getting you the Fendi furs, not being stingy with the chips. But if you love him not, why why might that be, Courtney? That you would you know love you love him one minute and you hate him the next. What might he do to put you into that mentality? Cheating. Right. Not, yeah. Right. Cheating. Well, you know, and it's not even cheating because there's no relationship. But basically, having sex with other women. This is what we were just talking about. Women want to put ties on these men for doing what they do. Well, you're not his man. He, you just giving him the sex. He's giving you the money. That's an even exchange. That's a business transaction. You know, you don't have an opportunity to, you know, dictate, you know, where he, you know, what he does and who he does it with. You know, it says here. So, and your friends are they? They they peep the game. They see it happen. It says because her friends pump her head full of BS. Well, no, it's not BS. It's actually the truth. And but he says I gave her the jewels that I imported for Chanel bags that I bought from the boosters. This guy, you know this this guy, yo, he's buying stolen Chanel bags. These women aren't even worth the real bags. He says, Chanel bags that I bought from the boosters. To the hood, I introduced her. She's feisty every now and then, and she wants to fight me. Why would a woman want to fight a man? You know, why? Because sex. I mean, that's the only reason you find out he's smashing somebody else. You know? People say, people saying, if I get knocked, she ain't going to write me. The sick part is that all that BS excites me. And then here comes Destiny's Child. I thug's what I want. I thug's what I need. Even though my friends don't seem to see that he laces me with money. That's what hoes do. Hoes get laced with money. He knows when I want it. Courtney, want what? I thought sex when I first listened to it. Well, yeah, that's what it is. He knows when I want it. He know basically she's saying he knows when I'm horny. And I'm never going to leave my baby, my thugged out, no good baby. That's, those are really great, great lyrics from the from the uh, Barack Obama's BFF. You know, amazing. Let's just go ahead. Let's continue this, the second verse real quick. It says, hey, yo, I treat you like I need, like you need to be treated, like you're special. <laughs> oh, this is the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yo, he says... I treat you like you need to be treated like you're special. I'll tie your hands to the bedpost when I caress you. What kind of crap? <laughs> Is that your definition of special? No. Being tied to a bedpost as you get your back blown out? No. No, not at all. But the, here's the thing. A lot of women, they when we talk about what black women want, that's actually what many women want. 
They want to be gripped up. They want to be mad, mad, uh, you know, mad handled. <clears throat> you know, see what I'm saying? Like that's what they enjoy. You know, and it turns them on. Like uh, Taraji and Baby Boy. You see what I'm saying? That's what they want because again, it gives them that that sense of security. You know, that 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 fatherly figure type of thing. And we got to get, you know, women out of that. Just cuz you didn't have a father doesn't mean you should seek out a fatherly figure in a in a in a thug. That's ridiculous. Because you're going to end up like 50 cent, right? <clears throat> when I met you, it was guessing gap. Now it's Gucci and Prada. Took you from being a nine to being a dime. Remember our special on the definition of a dime? Guess what, ladies? What this song is about is not a dime. That's a hoe. Myself, Marv, and the rest of the fellas, we told you the definition of a real dime. We told you what a true, truly great woman of God is. But it ain't someone who's never going to leave her baby, her no-good, thugged-out baby. That's crazy. You know, you try to tell people about these types of lyrics, they look at you like you're crazy. You know, you try to say anything negative about Beyonce, ah, but but what does that tell you, Courtney? They don't want to leave their no-good, thugged-out baby. Right. It says here, when I'm OT on the grind, going hard for mind, when Shorty says she hate me, you know she means she loves me. When she plays me close at the bar, she that means she wants some bubbly. See me pollying with another chick, and the stuff get ug- gets ugly. Pollying, now that's a real creative word for setting up to have sex. She want to flip and threaten me, run keys across my whip. Who does that? You see this cycle? Women meets a man, has sex with a man, feels like she has ties to that man, finds out that man is having sex with someone else, and then she wants to act crazy and key his car up, put sugar in his gas tank. Like, mm-hmm. for what? That's crazy. She wants to bust his windows out her car. You know, that that's that's you that's psycho. You know what I mean? If you allow a man to take you to that point, that level of, of being crazy, of being psycho, that's you know what I mean, like that's not good. You know? <laughs> what else? I don't even want I mean what that's basically the gist. I think you guys get the you know, get the overall point of it. You know, a lot of people are saying, Wow. I didn't know Beyonce sang about, you know, uh, I didn't know she sang about, you know, wanting a thug. Well, yeah, she did. But did you also know that she sang about slinging crack? Did you know that one, Courtney? Not before you mentioned it, no. Well, well, maybe we should just go ahead and, and just play. Because, see, see, she, see, she likes the thugs. You know, she's obviously, she did this song with, with, with 50 Cent, but many of you may know or may not know, she did a song also with Cameron called Doing It Again, where the lyrics are um, are actually just as bad, you know. And I think that what we just really have to, you know, um, have to focus on is, you know, what is it that you want, okay? You, you know what I mean? Like, is it is it love or is it some good sex? Because you can find good sex anywhere, all right? You can give, get good sex from anybody, but you're not going to be able to get love 
from the man that God has for you if you subject yourself to that type of behavior. You know, should we? I mean, should, do you, do you want to hear it? Should I play this song for you real quick? Go ahead. Cause we got some time. Hopefully, y'all aren't, y'all aren't sleepy. You know what I mean? I just want y'all to hear this song where she's singing about where she's basically aiding Cameron about you know uh, singing about a, a drug a drug lifestyle, slinging crack. And in fact, Cameron even used this song at, in one of his samples where he was dissing Jay Z. You know, to illustrate his point, like, yeah, I had your chick on the record singing about crack. And then you said, that's your girl, that's your world. I had to think, uh, sing about, sing crack. You see what I'm saying? One of the best diss, rock, diss songs in a while. But this is what we got to talk about here. Listen to this song real quick. I'm going to try here real quick. Hold on. Y'all just chill for a second. Hold on. Here it is right here. these times were fun. What, Courtney, what times? Times, you know, singing, dealing drugs, almost getting shot, like, all the things that he's rapping about, Beyonce is co-signing. You see what I'm saying? But you let you try to tell, this is who Michelle Obama says is a good role model. This is what these young girls are listening to. This same type of music, this sex, sex music. Did you, did you, did you know that it was to that extent, Courtney? No, I didn't. Right. right. Most people don't, but you know, we just try and you know, do, I mean, do I, do I even need to play soldier? You know, cuz I think we've all heard that. I mean, but do I does that need to be played or you know what I'm saying, just to put the the finishing touch cuz all a, a soldier is, you know, is a is a thug. Right? I mean, do you remember that song from back in the day? Yeah, I had it on my um playlist at one point. What what the heck? And I why is a, that? Yeah, I had it on my CD one time because I could relate to it, and um, I like the video. I like the guys in the video, and so hmm. yeah. See, yeah. here's the thing, and this is really a great example of what I'm talking about. You look at, <clears throat> you look at. I mean, this is really deep. You know, to be honest with you, Beyonce 
is married to a, 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 a former drug dealer, but if you even want to call him that, but someone who glorified, who obviously still, you know, boasts about that lifestyle. So she wanted her thug, her thugged out no good baby, who evidently is cheating on her, and she's obviously not going to leave her thugged out no good baby. That's who she married. That's what she wanted. That's what she needed. She that's what she got. Kelly Rowland was a part of that. Kelly Rowland. You guys listen to her song "Dirty Laundry." What was she doing over the last ten years? Well, she was dealing with somebody who did what? Who beat her? Who beat her up? You see what I'm saying? She was in an abusive relationship. She was cheated on. She was lied to. You know, and this is all stuff that she will tell you. You know, engaged was, was had to call it off. All that stuff. You know, dealing with other guys, fell out of touch with her family, her her quote unquote sisters. I mean, this is, you know, this was uh, Soldier was actually, you know, from 2004. The 50 Cent song was prior to that. So we're talking about over 50, I mean, you know, 10 years, 15 years or so. You know, and then you look at Michelle Williams. I mean, who knows what she's been up to. Right, but I know she's about fifty. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'll tell you that much. <laughs> now I don't know if she's single or what, but I wouldn't be surprised if she is. Because if you look at the soldier video, she looks like she's about fifty in that video. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, and that was in two thousand and four. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> she got on. Hold on, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let y'all hear this, man. I'm gonna let y'all hear this real quick because this is. This is the stuff that people don't, you know, want to talk about. Hey, listen up real quick. Here it is right here.
me. I'm walking with purple hearts on it. You're talking to the sergeant. Body marked up like the subway in Harlem. Call him. Please F, baby. Please say the baby. If you don't see me on the block, I ain't trying to hide. I blend in with the hood. I'm camouflage. Bandana tied. So mommy join my troop. Now every time she hear my name, she so. I like them boys over here. They look strong tonight. Just like you on the phone tonight. I'll be in the dickies in my zone tonight. He don't know it might be on tonight. Oh, he looking good and he talking mad. He the type that might change my life. Every time he look at me, my girls be like, that one may be the one tonight. All right, I, I wanted to stop it well before that, but I couldn't let y'all go without letting you hear Michelle Williams' verse after earlier in the show, letting you hear her song say yes. And again, listen, this is not, you know, I'm not, I, you guys know my past, so I'm not saying that people can't change. But what the pro, but it becomes a problem. When you're double-minded, the Bible speaks about double-mindedness. The Bible speaks about hypocrisy. The Bible speaks about lukewarm Christians. The Bible speaks about blasphemy. And so if you are still living this lifestyle, you see what I'm saying? Empowering women to live this type of lifestyle, but then being double-minded and hypo- uh, hypocritical by telling, trying to portray yourself as something else, that's a problem, all right? Michelle Williams says he don't know it might be on tonight. What do what do you think she means by that, Courtney? What do you, what might be on tonight? What is Michelle Williams talking? This is a guy. This the same Michelle Williams, right? Right. She's basically saying she's gonna let him hit. Mm. Wow. That's. I mean, that's that's interesting. You know, and that's all I'm saying. I mean, let's just if we could, let's just here. Michelle, we'll start where? I like them boys over there looking strong tonight. I just might give one of them the phone tonight. Homie in the dickies in my zone tonight. He don't know it might be on tonight. So you're just going to have a one-night stand with someone you just met. Oh, he looking good and he's talking right. Basically blowing your head up with compliments to boost your low self-esteem. He's the type that might change my life basically by impregnating you and causing you to have, you know, a, a child, and that would give you a, a lifelong string of, you know, income. And, um, that's basically what she's meaning. These are the same people who are talking about independent, being independent and not relying, but he's saying that, she's saying that, to you know, her life might be changed because he's going to give her the Django and change her life forever. All right? Every time he look at me, my girls be like, that one might be the one tonight. Not he might be the one. He might be the one tonight. The one you're going to leave the club with and have a one-night stand. Miss Michelle Williams, say yes. You see this level of hypocrisy? Do you see the double-mindedness? Do you see how these young girls might be confused? You know, these songs are still being played on the radio. The media plays a huge role in this. They don't want to destroy the church. They want to pollute the church so they, and, and blind the church, and, and you know what I'm saying, to the point where you can't even tell the church from the, from the world. That's all they want to do. That's worse than eliminating the church. 
You know, why not have Beyonce come out talking about some say yes, Michelle Williams say yes, Kelly Rowland. The, Michelle, Kelly Rowland just, I was watching the performance. She pulled up her shirt. Her nipples popped out. Just Google Kelly Rowland nipples. She, she had her, uh, like a quote-unquote wardrobe malfunction. She did that on purpose. Dancing all crazy to make her nipples pop out just to get right before her album came out. Beyonce, you already know what she does to, to to make a dollar. Let's see what she says here. Let's see what she's talking about in the, uh, you know, in, in, in her verse for sorry. And many of you may remember. This brings back memories. Many of you may remember from I want to say at least five years ago. We did a whole show on Soldier Gerald Howard and I. You know, shout out to him. If you guys got a chance to hear that, you know, we did a whole show where we analyzed this. Um, that was that was when we really kept it real back in the day, you know. Uh, Beyonce says we like them boys up top from the BK. He knows how to flip that money three ways. Always riding big on the freeway, with that East Coast slang that us country girls we like. Low cut Caesars with the deep waves. So quick to snatch up your Beyonce. Always coming down, popping our way. You know, uh, let's see. If your status ain't hood, I ain't checking for him. Huh, that sounds familiar. Oh, that's right, because I said that earlier in the show. Remember I said that in, that a lot of times in today's society, not in 2004 with this one, but also today, a lot of times, like I said, women, if you're not, if you if they don't feel like you can protect them, if they don't feel like you're into that street life, they ain't checking for Well, Beyonce said that. So if your style ain't hood, I ain't checking for them. Better be street if you're looking at me. Meaning, what does it mean to be from the streets? You got to be a drug dealer. You got to be a murderer or a killer, carry illegal firearms. I need a soldier that ain't scared to stand up for me and known to carry big things if you know what I mean. Now, that's that double entendre that Jay-Z and Beyonce have become famous for. You know, saying things that have like five or six different meanings. Obviously, you know, she she wants you to think that it's about, I mean, it could be either one. Either carry big guns, right? Or have a big, you know, penis that he'll use to sexually fulfill your needs. Either way, she says, if your status ain't hood, I ain't checking for him. I need a soldier who ain't scared to stand up for me. Got to know how to get dough, and he better be street. Huh. That's interesting. Do you think God said yes to those lyrics? No. <laughs> hmm. No, he did not. Interesting. Interesting here. Um, I know some soldiers in here, where they at, where they at, that wouldn't mind putting that on me. Huh. So now, let me just. What do you think when she says "wouldn't mind putting that"? What What do you suspect she's referring to when she says "putting"? Wouldn't mind putting that on me. She's talking about sex. The majority of the song is about sex, to be honest. Well, here's the thing, though. Here's my question to you, though, because when she's, I agree that it's about sex, but she's speaking in the plural. She's saying, "I know some soldiers in here." That wouldn't mind putting that on me. So, is she saying that she's implying that she would allow those guys to run a train on her if it's about sex? Oh wow, I didn't even look at it like that. Oh, that makes sense. How did I not catch that? 
because she's speaking in plural. I know some soldiers that wouldn't mind putting that on me. So, you know, this is just whole music right here. Be clear. You know what I mean, ladies? This is whole music at its finest. You hear, you know, when people think of hoes, they think of Little Kim, they think of Nicki Minaj, they think of Rihanna or whatever. No, 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 no. This is as, Rihanna's lyrics are not as raunchy as stuff that Beyonce has sang earlier. Nicki Minaj is not as hoish as Beyonce is. Trust me on that. I'm just being, I've, listen, I've studied Beyonce's lyrics my, her whole career. And and you'd be hard-pressed to find anyone who has had a more detrimental effect on what black women look for in a man than Beyonce in, in, in uh, Destiny's Child. You know, it's just, there's no, no one, people say, well, you know, what's your issue? It's the effect. There is, listen to what I'm saying, no artist in history has had a more negative effect on black women than Beyonce. There's no one who's had a more influential role in in the lives of what you see going on today from the, the deadbeat dads to these thugs to the abortions to the independent way of thinking. It all leads back to her historically, you know, and so... You know, I just would encourage everyone to, and it's not just about her, but just, you know, whoever or whatever has influenced you, you know, as in regards to what you view as a man, you know, in, or what you view as, you know, being respectable, uh, you know, and being loving and being treated in that manner by a man, whatever it is, if it's not of God, if it's not in a in a manner that God would be pleased with then it's not right, and you should say no to it, you know, and, and not yes. Let's keep it moving, though. I know we, we talked about doing some of these, uh, going over the results from some of these pop quizzes. You cool with getting into that? Yeah, let's go. This was an interesting one that you came up with, Courtney, um, <clears throat> and I like I like you doing this. I ask you to, you know, come up with the, with these from time to time. Specifically because you, a lot of them come from personal experience, a lot of them come from a female standpoint, you know, and I know that a lot of women can relate, which makes for good discussion, which is what we're here to do uh, today. I'll read it, and then we can look at some of the responses. You meet a really great guy and have been going out on dates for the last couple of weeks. The two of you get along really well, and you share the same values. To be honest, you've never met anyone like him before. You tell your best friend about him and discover that she knows him from college. She warns you to stay away from him because he is the biggest player and was notoriously known to run game on women. What do you do? Now, let's let's look at this this uh you know, this scenario. Courtney, what do you make of it? First of all, what inspired this, you know, this uh, this situation? You, <laughs> believe it or not, I thought about um, I thought about men that were players back in the day that have changed their lives for the better, and I thought you were, you know, who came to mind? What came to mind? And so um, that's what inspired the question. 
So, I mean, so what's your thoughts on it? I mean, what's your what's so, your answer? Right. So where I was going with that was I said that um, if you're emotionally available, then you should continue to date the guy. Because where I was coming from was, okay, that's some, I mean, that's who he was in the past, but if you're emotionally available, you're going to attract great men. So who's to say that he's still that guy that he was in college? I mean, there was no information to say that he's still living that lifestyle. There was also no information to say, hold on, but wait, there was also no information to say that he wasn't living that lifestyle either. True, true. And after I posted it and I saw the answers, I was like, oh, wow, okay, I see where you guys are coming from. But I was just saying where what my mindset was when I created it. Right. Let's let's look at some of these. Uh, let's look at some of the answers. I know this was, you know, I look forward to doing these, to going over them because this is like, you know, they, in class they say, all right, pens down, you know, pass your your papers to the front, put your names on them. You know, I like to go over them, you know, to to help you guys get a you know just some clarity because one thing to see it online but to actually you know hear us discuss it uh, let's let's go through it though one woman says i tell her i understand what she's saying but everyone goes through stages in their lives that does not mean that they don't want love i would continue seeing him since we both get along as for the friend she'd have to stay out of this one that, that's interesting here that's very. It's a very interesting response. This is, you know, your best friend, someone who loves you unconditionally, someone who has been there for you for years, maybe over ten years, you know. And she's saying that she warns you. I know this guy. I know of him. This guy was the biggest player. He ran game on women. He was notorious, not just a, a little bit of a player, but notorious. For dogging women out Now I, I just don't From a male standpoint I, Let's let's read some more answers Because I want to I'll talk about it But I just don't I want to let that marinate for a little bit Because I don't know if my best friend If he can't if, if Let's just say Osho for example Someone whose opinion I respect and, and, You know what I mean And he came to me and said Yo what's up Yo, Hey Osho man what's up man I'm dating this girl Da 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 He's like, yo, they done. You know how Osho talks, man. He gets all serious. And he's like, yo, man, uh, I, you know, I, I pray that you'll seek, you know, the Lord's guidance with this because um, I, you know, from back in college, I remember she had, was actually a hoe. She was notorious for letting guys run trains on her. You may want to chill with that. Does anybody in their right mind think that I would continue dating that woman after Osho told me that this young woman was notorious for being a hoe. Does anyone think that I would continue to date that woman? No. No one within the sound of my voice believes that. There would be no reason to. Yeah, I mean, that's now, mind you, we get along great. I didn't know she was notoriously a hoe in college. You know, she... Appears to have changed, you know. But the reality is, that's like that's like somebody saying, "Yo, you've been dating this guy. I know you, you guys get along, but you you know he's a serial killer, though, right? You you know he he used to be a rapist in college, right? You, you know he used to, like he used to rape. Well, but that's what you got to realize though is 
there's no difference there. You, I don't you agree know that, with right? That. It's, it's no, I don't thing. agree with that. No, it's not. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna tell you. Let me just explain it to you. Let me. You tell me what you think. You're saying if if someone is notorious for running game and dogging women. You really have to look at what that what those words mean. You really have to look at the psychology behind what it means to run game. Running game and to dog a woman means you do and you say what first of all you plot. After you target someone, you plot on that person, you come up with a game plan on how to dog that person out physically which will ultimately and subsequently lead to emotional distress, all right? And you do that not only to one person, but you are notorious for preying upon women and dogging them out. How? Please tell me how that's any different from actually raping women. I guess it's not different than raping women. Here's my thing. If you're emotionally available, everything you just said would be null and void, void wouldn't it? Because that's not something you would have to worry about, that man being in that current state, right? Where in the pop quiz does it say anything? I'm not talking about your answer. I'm talking about the actual question. Where does it say you're emotionally available here? It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Right. I'm just basing off your wording. It says, you know, all, all it says is that the two of you get along well, you share the same values, and to be honest, you've never met anyone like him before. You tell your best friend, she warns you because he was not just a player, but he was the biggest player and was notoriously known to run game on women. The question is basically, what do you do? So, <clears throat> you know, I don't know. And just based off of that, but I agree with you. To answer your question, I agree with you. If you're emotionally unavailable, it would be null and void. But the problem with it is, ladies, and you, you know, I don't know how people, you know, feel about this, but there seems to be some some confusion out there, among, uh, you know, amongst women about what really uh, the definition of emotional availability is. Maybe we need to do more, you know, talks about it. Um, but you, ladies, you can't and would really be doing yourself a disservice to try to assess your own level of emotional availability, okay? I mean, I'm, that's what I'm here for. That's what people like Osho are there for. You know what I mean? Like, you really need to, like, you know, seek out help in that area because if you, you know, I've counseled literally well over 500 women at this point, and every one of them most likely felt like, oh, well, actually many of them didn't, but many of them felt as though at the beginning, oh, yeah, I'm emotionally available, but I just want to do that. No, they were not emotionally available. And we, you know, at the end of those sessions or even one session even, I was able to show them, hey, look, this is why you're not emotionally available after they came into it feeling like they were. So it would really be a mistake to try to assess your own level of emotional availability and if your girlfriend, if you're someone you trust, is saying, hey, you may want to stay stay away from this person, my question is, based on this scenario as it's written, there's no reason whatsoever to continue dating this person. There's nothing invested. You know, there is no strong ties. It doesn't even really say that you're a super great woman of God. It doesn't say... 
that he's a super great man of God. It just says that you share the same values. Well, what are those values? You, you see what I'm saying? You know, the, rea- the reality is most people struggle, you know, with, with uh, their relationship with God. Most people don't have that super great relationship with God. They're working towards that. But you guys got to understand that these guys, they're like uh, shapeshifters. You guys ever see X-Men, the chick, uh, what's her name, Mystique? She could basically make herself into whatever, whoever she wanted to. That's what these guys do. You know, if, if, if back, let's say, for example, myself, if I was a, you know, if I was just out there and I was just, a, you know, a player preying upon women, you know, the best players as Bill Bellamy so eloquently stated in How to Be a Player, they do what? They adapt. So if I'm dealing with you, Courtney, and you're on fire for God, you know, and I meet you, I'm still a player, but I'm going to adapt. And then at the end of that dating scenario, you're going to think that I'm on fire for God also. You're going to know about the church that I claim to go to. You're going to know about the ministries I'm in. You're going to know about the things I pray about, the things I struggle with. I'm going to do those things, and I'm going to talk you right out of your panties. That's how that's going to go, and that's how it does go for most women out here in today's society. These men, that's why I said he was notorious. The men who are notorious are able to do that. You say, wait a minute, how is a woman on on fire for God going to fall for that type of game? Exactly. That's how it, that's how good these guys are, you know, and so that's that's how it happens. So what you've got to do is you've got to gauge. All right, wait a minute. Yeah, this could work out, but is there any reason? It's like, all right, you want a Mercedes. Are you going to get a Toyota and paint it, remove the logos, replace it with the Benz logos, put put a new engine in? You could do all that stuff. But is there any reason to do that, Courtney? No. I just get the real thing. Just get the real thing. You, like my question to you then, and I get, I want to go over some more of the answers, but I guess my overall question is you could do it, but why would you want to date a former player who you know was a player who was notoriously known for dogging women, and this is your best friend, friend telling you that, and she can tell you actual documented stories of how they dogged the women and what was done, what was said, the, the emotional effect that it had. Why would you want someone who would do those things? But people can say the same thing about you, but you don't do those things anymore. That's not my question. That wasn't my question. And I'll, we'll talk about me in a second. I'm not right, but my my question was: Why would you want to date someone who you know is notorious? Let me phrase it in a different way. Let's say you were dating someone who you know killed somebody. He was a drug dealer, and he was in the streets. You know, he had at least three to four bodies. You know, he killed at least several people. He was in the drug game. He went away for five years. He came out. Claims to have changed his life. At the end of the day, is that who you want to be waiting for you at the altar? No, I wouldn't. I guess your point. No, I would not. <laughs> but he could have changed, though, right? Right. So but why that, wouldn't you want him? That's not something that I I could accept. 
Oh, ho, ho, wait. You can't accept murder, but you can accept being a notorious player and preying upon women sexually? I can accept a man having a past just like I have a past. That's what I'm saying. But just not if so you can kill I, somebody. So can I hold... Yeah, yes, that's what I'm saying. Can I really hold that against him for making not so good decisions? You get what I'm saying? If he if he's changed, but then again, there's a lot of assumptions made that I've been making as I've been speaking. All of my comments are making off of assumptions. So I agree with what you said in the thread a little while back that the fact that there isn't enough information. Hold on, so. but my but wait, you just said two different things. You're saying you could accept he's changed if you've changed. But just not accept if he's if the crime was murder though. Sex crimes are okay, but not murder. Not I'm not saying like raping women or anything like that, but being a player, that's something totally different from that to me. Is it though? Because most men most men have been players, right? I mean then I mean, you correct me if I'm wrong, but haven't most men been players at one point in their life? But but what I'm Yes, but that's the whole point. What I'm saying is there's there's really not a, a huge difference between manipulating someone for sex, you know, mentally and and taking it by force. There's it's okay. different, but but there's really not a lot of difference there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, somebody could pull you into an alley and rape you, but it's almost the same thing if somebody preys upon your weaknesses your low self-esteem, your daddy issues, or whatever it is, and really does a mental job on you to make to it's almost the same, and but more importantly, the effect can actually be worse. For example, I know women who have been raped, and through counseling, you know, therapy, through Jesus Christ, they've gotten over that rape, and they're now okay. You know what I'm saying? Like because it was physical. It was nothing really emotional. I mean, it's obviously an emotional thing, but the act itself was was just physical. You know, the crime was physical. But I know other women who literally have dealt with men who preyed upon them in the same exact way, and they literally, you know, were led to believe that those men loved them, those men cared about them, those men saw a future with them. And then after an elongated period of time, you know, found out that, hey, look, it was all BS. It was all a game. It was all one big lie. The emotional effect and the consequences of that situation were worse, you know what I'm saying, than the actual rape. Do you see what I'm saying to you? Yeah, I got you. Yeah. I mean, it's it's true. different. It's it's much different. What I'm saying is the the thought process. You bottom line is you're a bastard if you rape women. You know what I mean? Like if you pray, walk around late at night and rape women who are jogging through the park, you're a straight up bastard. You are just as much of a bastard, if not worse, if you prey upon someone in that same way, game their head up, and then use them for sex. That's the you know what I'm saying. That's even worse. Now, <clears throat> see, let me be clear out there because I know I tell a lot of stories. You guys got to understand, I'm a different type of guy, okay? You guys cannot ever compare me to anyone, all right? These stories I tell you, these men that I talk about, you can just take me out of it because I'm on a whole nother level. And I'm not saying that to be, you know what I'm saying, braggadocious. I'm just like, I'm a different type of dude. 
These stories are not applicable to to me. My stories are things no one can relate to. No one has done what I've done. You you know what I mean? Like I'm not, I'm just being honest with you. So when I say that, I mean that I was not a bastard back in the day. All right? I what I did, I was just that dude. You know, I would add, in fact, I would be honest with women. I didn't prey upon women with the sole purpose of dogging them out. That's not what I did. You see what I'm saying? I mean, don't get me wrong. I had bastard-like tendencies. I've broken some hearts. But it was never because I was dishonest with these these women. It was not because I led these women on to believe something that was that I you know told it was totally false. No, I would. In fact, it was the opposite. I would be brutally honest with these women, the same way I'm brutally honest with you guys. I would be brutally honest with them, tell them what it is, and then let them make a decision as to whether or not they wanted to stay and deal with that or whether or not they wanted to leave. A lot, most of them would make the decision that they wanted to stay, and then when, the, you know what I'm saying, when things came to a head and it was time to move on, you know, that was painful for, for them. But at the same time, I told them from the door what it was. So I was never that guy who was notoriously, you know, dogging these women. That was not, you know, my that was not my style. Do you see the difference there, Courtney? Yeah, I get what you're saying. See, a lot of these guys out here, they got off on lying. For me, you know, lying made me weak. Like I remember this guy one time. I mean, he he was dealing with this chick. He wasn't even that wasn't his girl. He wasn't even, he was just talking to her. I think he just met her like two weeks ago. And we were chilling, and, and uh, you know, she called him and was like, yo, what's up? We were just chilling, about to go out. And she called him was like, yeah, what's up? What happened to you last night? I thought we were going out. He was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I fell asleep on my mom's couch. I'm like, yo, we were out at the club last night. Why did you tell her that you, you fell asleep? He's like, nah, I just didn't feel like, you know what I mean? I didn't feel like dealing with it. I didn't feel like being honest with it. I'm like, why not? You're a grown man. You went to the club. You lying to these women makes gives her some form of power over you. She's nobody. You literally just met her last week. I was there when you met her. You see what I'm saying? Like so, with me, I never wanted to give a woman power over me by having to lie and be like, oh no, you know, oh no, I'm, I'm gonna get in trouble if I tell you that I went out with another woman. No, I would tell them. They're like, oh, you must have been out with your other, your other girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, I was. I went out with a friend of mine. So what's up? What you trying to do tonight? Okay, nothing. I'll come over. Like, All right, cool. See you when you get here. You see, that's the difference. That's not being a player. That's being real. These guys out here that this situation is based upon are, is the opposite of that. These guys would lie, cheat, and deceive women, and the effect would be monumental, disastrous. Now, so which brings me back to the original question here, really Courtney's original question of what would you do? Is that, is it worth it? Yes, he could have changed, right? It's possible. But what happens is a lot of times women are so, they feel like, oh, my God, I got one. It's like you've been fishing for three hours, no bites, no nibbles, no nothing. You finally get a little little tug. You got something. I used to go fishing with my father down in Virginia. We were like, whoa. I remember I caught my first fish. It's like, whoa, you reel it in. You reel it in. You reel it in. Oh, my God, I got it. I got it. It's like, bam. You see what I'm saying? 
because you don't want to go back to sitting there for another two hours not catching anything and not having faith that you'll catch something. Why? Because you ain't got the right bait on the rod. If you guys catch the analogy, you don't have to not have faith. You don't have to date a reformed player. Yeah, it happened. Yeah, it worked out. But guess what, guys? It's, you see what I'm saying? That guy out there, he's not me. How many guys you know on fire for Jesus Christ like me? How many guys you know who've changed their life like me? How many you you personally, Corey? How many do you know? How many guys like me do you know? Um, <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> so that's like one more person, but it's a bit different, two different, you know, situations. But not a lot of guys. None. Now that Basically, I think about none, yeah, yeah. Right. Basically none. <laughs> Because oh, Osho's not even like me. Osho's a totally different. Right. I mean, he's a great guy, but he's not like me. You see what I'm saying? Right. Osho hasn't done the things that I have done, which is a good thing. Don't get me wrong. You see what I'm saying? So what you you know, and that's I've heard at least four or five different women associated with this thread use me as an example, and that would be a mistake. I'm just telling you right now, if you're dating out there. Hoping to find another me, and I'm nobody special. Be clear about that. But if you guys are using, oh well, Dayton did it. It worked out for Danielle. No, trust me. You know what I'm saying? You want to chill with that. You want to go with the odds. You know what I'm saying? If somebody tells you, like, yo, somebody, this guy used to be notorious for being a player. That's someone you probably want to walk away from. I'm just being honest with you. That would be the smart thing to do. You could hope for the best. And hope that he's another Osho or Dadon, you know what I'm saying, or or anybody else, you know, someone that God may you know, you know may bless you with. Chances are, he didn't change. Chances are, you know what I mean. He's still doing the same thing to those women. Because remember, those women were deceived. They when they when they end up getting dogged. That was a surprise to them. The same way you it would be a surprise to you when you get dogged. Now, you could date a former player, or you could date someone who was never a player. Don't try to date someone like me. You need to pray for someone better than me. For all you guys who use me, well, what about Daydon? I don't know. What about Daydon? I was a bastard back in the day. You know what I mean? Get someone who, who never did the things. Get someone who, who, you know what I'm saying, who loved Jesus Christ, but, you know, for, not, for longer than, you know what I'm saying, a, a certain amount of time. They're out there. Does that make sense to you, Courtney? Yes, it does. It does. And that's the kind of man that I, I do want, the one you just described. Um, but I think I was looking at it like, oh, well, you know, this man changed and now he's on fire for God. I mean, it, doesn't, it didn't say that in the question. But, you know, that's what I was thinking. But I'm glad that you said, um, you know, the male perspective on it because I didn't even view it that way. So I want to personally thank you for that. Oh yeah, no problem. I mean that's that's really what we're here for. You know what I mean? Like we're here to talk about it. and 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 that's you see what you just said is actually if that was in the question, then I would have had not, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. Like if it says something to the effect of you meet a really great guy, you've been going out on a few dates the last couple of weeks, the two of you first I'm really on fire for God and I've met someone who's also on fire for God and shares my same values and passion for Jesus Christ, you know, and has made it clear that he sees a future with me. You've never met anything, anyone like him before. Um, 
you know, you tell your best friend about him, and she says, hey, look, I know him from college, but everything that she's told me that she knows from him from college is the exact opposite from his current lifestyle, which shows me that he's clearly on fire for Jesus Christ, you know what I mean, and has learned from the error of his ways and is a new man. You know, what do you do? You see how that question is different from this question? Oh, yes, yes. You see what I'm saying? If it said all of that, then you can say, oh, okay, well, in that case, because it's abundantly clear, he has changed. There's nothing in this question, in this scenario as it's written, that indicates that he's actually changed. That's the biggest problem. All it says here is that he shares the same values and that he's different from every man that you've ever met. Well, if all you've ever met was bastards, Liars, dogs, cheaters, and players. Well, and he's different from that. Those guys. That's not really saying much. You know. Let's look at this. Uh, you know. You said. Uh, let me see. Let me see what else somebody says. Somebody says. Uh, Asha says, trust your own spiritual guide. Too many people allow others into their relationships. This is a great way to teach your friends that they won't be the third party in the relationship. Uh, Terry says, I would disregard her comments. Nothing in this question implies I'm emotionally available. Uh, let her, or emotionally unavailable. Let her know that I appreciate her concern and I ask that she keep any negativity about him out of her mind because the Lord is taking care of me and I trust he will handle everything. Listen, listen, listen. God, I, I'm going to tell you this. And this is amazing to me. You know, I mean, this all sounds great, you know, on Facebook, but the reality is we're talking about your best friend. This is someone, you, I mean, you're, you guys are putting your best friend on the back burner behind for someone you've only known for two weeks. I mean, in retrospect, Courtney, does that even make any sense? Like someone you've known your whole life, you're going to disregard her comments and deal with somebody only, that you've known for two weeks? Is that is that wise? Um, no, it's not. But what if she just gives bad advice, though? <laughs> but it's, it's nothing to indicate that that's the case. I mean, this is someone yeah. you trust. Yeah. This is your best friend. Someone doesn't become your best friend by giving you bad advice. You know, in fact, like Osho, we've been friends for, you know, 20 years. You know, he, you know, our friendship now is based upon years of positive advice. That's why we're friends. You see what I'm saying? So it would be crazy for me to take 20 years and disregard 20 years based off of someone that I just met a couple weeks ago. In fact, Osho gave me some great advice that I was not feeling about someone that I was dealing with early on in our friendship. I don't want to say too much. You see what I'm saying? But I didn't want to hear that advice that Osho gave at that time. I didn't, but here's the thing. I certainly didn't dismiss it or disregard it. I didn't necessarily follow it to a T either, but I certainly didn't dismiss it because I know that he gives good advice. And now I can say he was right at that time. He was right. I didn't want to listen. You see what I'm saying? So I would. my advice on this question would be to trust your trust God. You know, I always put God first. But also one thing you guys have to re realize is that God will put people in your life, you know, who who need to be there. And if you can, if there are people in your life who you call a friend who you can't trust their judgment, you know what I mean, then they they probably don't need to be there. 
You know what I mean? I mean, they're there for friends are there for situations like this. That's the whole reason they're there. So I mean, I just you know, if somebody, if somebody, it was a question. Oh, here it is, right here. Here it is, right here. It's another one from a couple weeks ago, similar. Um, it says you've been dating a man who you met at church, and after two weeks, he reveals to you that he used to be a gang member and sell drugs. What do you do, Courtney? Oh, I said I, I'm I'm not uh, dating him. I'm keeping it moving. That was my response. Do you see how that might send contradicting messages? Yes, I do. Now I see it. Mm-hmm. You know, you won't. You'll keep it moving from a gang member or a drug dealer. Although you said in your response, everyone has a past, and anyone can change. Well, what if the gang member had changed? What if the former drug dealer changed? Would you still you still wouldn't give him a shot? No. But if somebody preyed upon women, you give him a shot. If I was emotionally available, yes. If you were emotionally available, then why would that stop you from dating the gang member? That's true. That's true. I think so, I mean, that's... Oh, keep on. No, no, what are you going to say? No, I was just saying, I I definitely have to do some self-reflection because I'm not there yet, you know, so not emotionally available. So, I I mean, this, these are good questions. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut no, you off. No, 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 you're right. No, these are definitely good questions. These are good situations for learning. They're tough questions because the reality is, you know, as we talk tonight, all night about... Just really, what do women want? You got to look at the reality of the situation, which is, you know, I mean, I don't know how else to say it. I mean, and this just goes back historically. I mean, to most women that I've ever met, you know, you hear these barbershop talk shows and just, you know, men talking about, well, you know, would you date a former hoe? And how many women, how many sexual partners defines a woman as a hoe? And, you know what? What's too, how many is too many? What's your sexual number? All that stuff, and you've heard these answers, and you know you hear men having a very low t- tolerance level for that type of stuff. But historically, women don't care about that. You know what I mean? The reality is, not only do most women not care about what a man did in his past sexually, not criminally, because they, they they care about that. You know, because that may affect them. But I found that many women will overlook a man's sexual past because of the reasons that I gave in the beginning of the show. If a man is sexually experienced, most likely that means they'll be able to please them sexually. They are willing. I mean, if he did gang, you know, drugs and sold drugs and gang bang, that can't that can't benefit you. You know what I'm saying? You get nothing from that. But if a man was a pimp, if a man was a a former hoe, a a womanizer, you know what I mean, a player, that means he got some experience. You know what I mean? He he knows how to put it down. That can benefit you and would even maybe make for a better relationship so you're willing to. I mean, keep it. can we keep it honest tonight? I'm putting Courtney on the spot because she's the only one brave enough to be on the panel tonight, which I respect. But you guys at home, you know what I'm saying, keep it real. Isn't that the real reason why you're willing to overlook that, the fact that he was a player? But let a man say, hey, look, I was molested as a child, 
and I struggled, uh, you know, over the course of my life in college with homosexuality, but God's delivered me from that. Keep it 100%, Courtney. Are you going to deal with that man who struggled with homosexuality? No. <laughs> but what if God, he no. said, God changed him. He told you. You're emotionally available. God changed him. He delivered him from that. No. I, I just I couldn't because he's been with a man. I just I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't so get that. Like I'll keep going. So if a man's been with a hundred women, it's cool. But if he's been with one man, it's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna stop talking, Dana. Okay. <laughs> I'm I mean, done I'm just, talking. Can somebody call into this show? <laughs> Courtney's calling for a lifeline. She's calling for a lifeline. You know what I mean? She said, let me phone Terry. a friend. Yeah, you know Terry. I mean? Let's take Courtney off the hot seat. Let's go to the phone lines for a second. I see a call on the line from the 845 area code. Welcome to the Data on Tobler Show. 845, you there? No, okay. Uh, it looks like they hung up. They got scared. Uh, two six seven, two six nine. Welcome to the show. Hello. Yes, hello. Hi. Yes, I just wanted to make a comment. It was very interesting. Um, the topic that you're discussing, and I just wanted to um, briefly touch on um, something that you just mentioned about how women are willing to deal with. Um, guys who've been players or maybe they were whore, they were a womanizer or they've had, you know, lots of women in their past. We're more susceptible to, you know, forgive those type of men and accept them into our lives and try to have some type of relationship with them. Um, but when it comes to guys who are gangbangers and criminals, um, I just wanted to comment that you were absolutely correct that I think that, you know, because the criminal and the gangbanger and a person, you know, the drug dealer can't really benefit us, that comes with a, a totally different type of baggage when you're in a relationship with a person like that. Um, just because they're either on parole or probation and are being dragged back and forth with courts and it's just a bunch of drama and it can be very strenuous on a relationship. And when you're talking about being with a man to have a future with him, you don't want to marry a man and get pregnant by this man or have a baby, you know, and start a family with this man and then he can be hauled off to jail at any given time because of the way the system is set up. So you're talking about a whole nother realm of, you know, issues and baggage when you're dealing with a criminal or a guy who's a gangbanger or a drug dealer versus the player, the things that he's done in his past, you know, unfortunately, those consequences, you know, maybe he has a bunch of kids or um, hopefully, you know, he was smart enough to use protection, but maybe he was just very poorish at the time. But uh, uh, the majority of them who haven't had a bunch of kids who, who actually, you know, um, got away with this, so to say, um, and you get involved with them and they claim that they're changed or they have changed. Um, I think that women are more susceptible to accept them and be a little more lenient towards having a relationship with them because the baggage isn't as um, strenuous as if you were dealing with a criminal. And um, I just also wanted to touch on the homosexuality factor, too. Um, I think um, a lot of women, it's a psychological thing when women think about, oh, you know, you've been with a man. How, how, you know, how can I connect with you or love you or how can I accept you as being, you know, this man, this provider, this supporter that I'm supposed to look up to, you know, and be the king in my life. But, you know, you've been bent over a few times or you was going to bending over or whatever, you know, it's just a psychological effect that it has on women. I, and I also think there's a fear factor that if you, if you was, um, 
if you dipped in it once and you was and you liked it at one time, how do I know if you get with me, you're not going to do it again, or you're not going to be on a down low, or you're not going to sneak or have slip ups or have moments where you know we're married or we're together, and you know you just decide you want to you have a different taste this particular day and you want to try some variety or some flavor again. So I just wanted to throw that comment out there, just to throw that you know onto the table. You know what? Let me say thank you so much from the uh, the Philly uh, area. Let, let me. I gotta say this. That is so refreshing. Cause I said it a few times on tonight's show that most women will not admit that. Most women will not keep it real. Uh, you know about the real reasons why they do what they do. You know what I'm saying? The real reasons about why they want what they want. And everything that she said was 100% correct as far as the the level of baggage. Yeah, the former player will bring, you know, possibly certain things into the equation, but you like she said you can deal with those things. You're willing to deal with those things, but you don't want to be dragged off the court or deal with parole or, you know, hood guys coming looking for him, you know, based on some drug you know, beef or whatever, you know, 10, 15 years later. So you're not willing to deal with that. Certain certain drama is acceptable, you know, especially if it's sexually beneficial. So it's very refreshing to hear someone call in publicly and acknowledge what I've heard privately for the last, you know, 10, you know, 20 years from women all over the world. You know what I mean? So, but it's just great to hear that. Um yeah, let's go back to the phone lines, though. 760 area code. Welcome to the Dayton Tolbert Show. I got you, Courtney. This is Terry. I got you. I heard you call. <laughs> and he was burning me up, too. He, he was burning me up, too. <laughs> no, everything, everything, everything the girl that said before um, my call was right on, of course, I wouldn't, you know, she put a lot of thought into that, and she put a lot of, I mean, she articulated it really good. I think it just comes down to the OG players and notorious players are so good at what they do. And, and you know, one thing that I wrote on that thread really quick is that you you go back and refer to your relationship with Osho. I don't think women are really like that. Like, I have a best friend of 25 years. She's in a relationship now. I don't talk to her ever. You know, what we do is we keep going back to each other all throughout our lives but we don't really rely on each other like men do. I think and maybe that's to our own detriment, especially what you just said. But I, I don't I mean that's one point. And the other is the players are really good at what they do, and we really want to believe them. And especially, I think we are conditioned to accept, like what Courtney was saying. Don't all aren't all men players at one point? We're conditioned to accept that you know he has a player past, and if he's good with God, he's good with us. You know, that's just what it comes down to. And as far as the homosexuality, the, the murderer, the whatever, those are just bad things Like we don't want to get involved in. You know, that we just know that's just a bad guy. But when you explained it all just now, I was like, man, that's so true. Unfortunately, because, you know, I'm dealing with those two exact guys. One guy was always completely honest with me and said, yeah, I was with some girl last week, whatever. You know, it is what it is. And the other guy is, Oh no, it's only you. You know what I mean? So, but I see what you're saying. I totally understand it now. But be nice to Courtney. Terry, Terry thank <laughs> you for for calling, and I appreciate that. Um, you know, the call. This one thing I'll say about that. You know, it, it all comes back to really saying yes to God and trusting God, because if you trust Him on one hand. 
to be you know to no longer be a player then on that same you can't you can't only trust God you know when with, with things that you want to trust him with it's either you trust him or you don't there's no difference from the sin of homosexuality and the sin of manipulation or being a womanizer or the sin of being a gangbanger or a drug. There's no different. They're all sins in God's eyes, and they're all deliverable. The same way God can change uh, a, a, you know, a, a gangbanger and make him into a pastor or whatever, he can deliver someone from homosexuality. You know, and I, you know, and I, but I'll be honest with you, this is where the realness comes in. You know, I, I wouldn't expect you to. You know, you're not forced to. You know, you don't have to accept. And what I always say, never settle for less than you want or deserve. I know me. I didn't want me. And this is only me personally. I'm not saying it can't have me personally. I didn't want to date a reformed hoe. I didn't want to date, uh, you know, uh, you know, you know, any, you know, someone who did not went through a period of time in their life where they did not respect their body. That's not what I personally wanted. Not to say that God can't send you someone who who will, you know, deal with that and will want that uh, for themselves. But you know, it's all about what you want. If you don't want the former homosexual, you don't want the former player. Don't just like Courtney said, chalk it up to, oh, he all men were players. Not all men were. Most men were players. But all men were not players. The Bible says that he will give you the desires of your heart. If deep down you're cool with accepting someone who used to be a player but is no longer a player, then cool. But if deep down you know that's not the desire of your heart, well, then that's not going to be the person God's going to bless you with. And I think just in the interest of time, it's very important to do what Terry said and is to rely on your friends. As I said earlier, and this is so important because men do this. And women don't do this historically. You know, if, if, a, if a woman says something and she's single, but you're dealing with somebody and she says, hey, look, well, I heard this, or you may want to think about this. Oh, she hating on me. She's jealous of me. She's envious of what I got. And you'll cut her off. You you will no longer be friends with that person in many cases. You end up fighting that girl or end up speaking to her, say she's acting different, when in reality she may have just been looking out for you. You know, men not only will listen to their friends, they will seek out the opinions of their friends. I specifically, when I met my wife, you know, I'll be honest with you, I introduced her to certain people at the time who were close to me specifically to get their opinion on her. I did my own research. I had to come to my own conclusions. But I sought out advice from people who were close to me, people who whose opinion I trusted. If they chilled with her and hung out with her or us at all as a you know a group and they saw certain red flags, I would take those things into consideration. I mean, that fortunately, that was not the case. But men do that. And certainly, please do not be deceived. If, if you know, a man is dealing with you and someone close to him says, yo, you may want to chill, she was the campus hoe back in the day. She was notorious for being a hoe. I can almost 100% guarantee they're not moving forward with you. So if somebody would not move forward with you, based on that information about you, why on earth would you move forward with them if someone close to you said the same thing? Does that cause you to look at it from a different perspective, Courtney? Oh, yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> I really, really um, appreciate that. As well as the callers, too. Excellent. Excellent. Excellent callers, guys. I knew tonight's show was going to be a uh, take us down to the wire. It was going to be a good one. I told you I had a lot to talk about. But that's pretty much how we do it when we haven't been live for 
you know, a few days. So, uh, but I want to thank everybody for spending the last three hours with us tonight. Hopefully, you enjoyed it. Hopefully, you learned something. But uh, most importantly, I would just say, you know, take take a take something away from tonight's show and, and apply it to your life from a biblical standpoint. You know, we talked last time about this this uh, you know this I, I'm so game, this I'm so Philly, I'm so Chicago, whatever. And I posted another one. I said that I'm so thankful. I remember when I was living in the world, didn't have a dime to my name, on my way to hell, but God saved me and gave, by giving me the life that I've always dreamed of. And, you know, and as I would just encourage you, I mean, I know the game is kind of dying down. It's pretty much over. But, you know, always, you know, look at life from that perspective, from a biblical standpoint, from a godly standpoint, you know, where you used to be versus where you want to be. And once you do that, everything will be made much more clear to you. Decision-making, you know, will be easier, won't be as stressful. You have that peace and you'll have that clarity. I know a lot of people tuned in tonight specifically, uh, you know, because they wanted clarity on some things as far as dating and relationships. If you think this was good, if you want further clarity, definitely reach out privately. Myself, Courtney Oshel, 855-55-DAYDON. Schedule a free 30-minute session uh, consultation with us. Um, We're still doing our 50% off um, counseling special, summer counseling special. Take advantage of this stuff if you want to, you know, you want help, you want clarification. This is what we do, and I look forward to working with you guys. So thank you for listening tonight, and I will see you all tomorrow. Peace. Great men who will treat you right Make you his sweet bride Are you coming up empty out there?